a Welcome to Flipping the Field, the college football podcast about all of college football. I'm your host, Patrick Mayhorn. I'm joined by my co-host, Ryan Donnelly. I am recording this week from an echo chamber uh, because I don't yet have any things in my apartment. Um, so that's, that's, wow. that's another why I, uh, another liberal in an echo chamber, huh? Yeah, yeah. well, that's uh, you really you, you hit it right on the head here. We record every episode from an echo chamber, but this league, I am literally in an echo chamber. Um, so we... Uh, yeah, <laughs> my, we, you, one, where one, do we record our episodes, Patrick? freaking congress yeah once again um not even gonna not gonna pay it any mind but uh once again we don't apologize for this we can't be held accountable um it's not our fault and also even if it was our fault uh we can't be held accountable so uh, it'll be better next week but also even if it wasn't i don't apologize for it at all um ryan how's it going it's going great patrick we are both in new locations this week uh you mentioned your own setup you are now in uh sunny uh, Logan, Utah. I am. Uh, I have found myself in the heart of the beast. I am in uh, New York City, New York. I'm yeah. in Brooklyn. Uh, it's Brooklyn, baby. I'm bed ready to die. Uh, we're out here. It's been great. I'm actually an official uh, guest host of the Bodega Boys this week. Yeah. Looking forward to that. You guys should keep an eye out for that one. Um, but uh, yeah, man, life's good. What's new with you? How was the move? It was good. It's uh, it, it, I, we live in like the exact opposite city now, which is fun. We were already kind of doing that, but now we really, really are doing that. Like, the fun thing that you do here is that the bus is free and you can take it to go to the, to the creamery and get good ice cream, right? Like, the thing that that your your new like lo, your new location is known for is like you might get shot trying to buy ketamine, right? And that's like the ideal setup for you is that you might get shot trying to buy ketamine. <laughs> well, and that is I did come here as an official ketamine purchaser for a startup in new york so uh they do have me they do have me on the supply side of ketamine out here which has been pretty fun honestly yeah you're, uh, it's rewarding you're you're doing one of those startups that's like uh we're we're gonna we're, we're doing micro dosing for ketamine <laughs> yeah wow that's a weird yeah, thing we're doing keta- do. <laughs> this pod you all don't know this we actually started this podcast uh, with federal funding to do ketamine therapy. Yeah. <laughs> and that's where flipping the field gets its money for you ask why don't you guys do ads why don't you have a yeah. patreon well, we get all our money from uh, the USDA. Yeah. So yeah, we are we are bankrolled by several bene- several wealthy benefactors, uh, all of which have extremely negative agendas that we are happy to to carry out really at all times. Um, and, and they sp- all, for some reason, do seem to have three to four letter acronyms they're known by. I think mm-hmm. it's probably unrelated. But. Yeah. Well, and, and of course, there's also Peter Thiel, and he doesn't really have an acronym, but you guys know what's going on with that one. And and he's uh, you know a very, he's been very generous to our podcast, and and for that we do appreciate it and it's been a very small trade-off i don't really need the blood i'm, I'm good to part with it and so it's been a really nice uh, a nice deal <laughs> that's true uh you've always been more of a crip anyway huh <sighs> yeah yep <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah probably yeah <laughs> ryan what are we doing today uh patrick it's time to talk about the goddamn quarterbacks uh as people are saying it's a quarterback driven league um, so Patrick spent, uh, several mm-hmm. hours this week writing out about 5,000 words on quarterbacks, and I'm here to relay his takes to you guys, uh, yeah. as if they were my own. Um, yeah, and is. we're going to talk about who the best quarterbacks in the country are, what tiers they belong in, how we should discuss them. Um, basically, I mean, who shapes the season? Because, you know, of course, college football is a coaching run business, I would say, uh, coaching single makes a determinant of success in the sport. Sure. But next to that, it is quarterback play. And uh, there's some interesting guys out there that I think have not been covered properly yet. And uh, some that are probably covered too much that don't actually matter that much. And sure. I'm, uh, I'm curious to talk about the difference. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's, really... you went... sorry, go, oh, go ahead. ahead. 
great audio here. Uh, it's really a testament to my ability as a writer that all of this actually sounds like it's in your cadence. It, it all sounds exactly like your voice, and I just did that to really kind of pawn it off on uh, on you so that I wouldn't be held accountable for this. But yeah, as you said, I, I uh, this is all me all the way through. It's, it's not that Ryan spent... Uh, seemingly the entire week working on this. It was me. I just wrote it in his voice. I definitely didn't spend all today watching um, every play of Utah State games and taking notes on all of their returning players. I didn't do that. Somebody else did that, and it wasn't me. Right. Well, it's a good thing you did that after you got fully moved into the studio up, too. That's that's yeah. the good part. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Those in the right order. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people don't know this, but also most podcast episodes, because of my uh, my several businesses and government conflicts that I have, uh, don't allow me to actually record. So most of the time when we're on these episodes, it's actually you doing my voice as ventriloquism. Yeah. Um, today is a rare day where I a rare day where I can actually hear. It's pretty exciting. My man said rare day. That's uh, we're gonna be looking into that more and more. Yeah, it is, and it's 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 interesting because when I do that, when I just sort of throw my voice to sound like Ryan, we don't actually we don't make it very obvious. And it's interesting. This is actually the first, and I don't think people know this. This is the first episode of flipping the field you've ever been on. You've never done yeah. one before this. It's just been me. Well, it started out with a name. image and like this deal, right? Like you were looking yeah. for the promotion. Um, you were like, fuck, I need like an ex Ohio state writer who's alienated almost all of his uh, Twitter followers, people who know him. Yeah. Um, how can I get this podcast off the ground? And to your credit, you've done it to great success. So that's really exciting. Yeah, what I thought was, I need help making Ohio State beat writers not like me. I'm not good enough at that on my own, so I really need to attach. <laughs> I need to attach your name to it. And the part that's crazy too, the part I'm always really impressed impressed by is how you manage to talk over yourself when you're doing my voice too. Yeah, uh, it's it's really that's the part that really takes a lot of skill. It's actually kind of horrifying the way that I do it, and I'm, I'm glad that I'm glad that we don't do a video. I mean, I don't do a video of of it because I think that people would probably call the authorities on me. Um, <laughs> it becomes a Cronenberg movie situation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 your voice. yeah. I've got um, James Woods. Speaking of Cronenberg movies, uh, do you want to talk about the top quarterbacks in the country? Yeah, of course. Yeah, let's let's start with the most horrifying of all. We're gonna start at the top here. We're gonna start at the the, the best of the best, um, and we're gonna go to America's number one nightmare program, uh, body horror, just just sort of all around uh, bad to uh, bad to look at or to perceive at all. Um, Ryan, the number one quarterback on this quarterback tier list here is C.J. Stroud at Ohio State. Um, I don't disagree with you, but I am interested in your your reasoning behind putting him on a, a tier of his own here. The tier is <laughs> written out as the he's the best quarterback in college football and there's nothing that a five foot eight fraud in Tuscaloosa can do about it tier. Um, so what, what what gives him the edge here? Yeah, I mean, I think the way CJ commands the offense is just pretty incredible, right? Like he's asked to do things that a lot of other quarterbacks in the country are not asked to do. Maybe no other quarterback. There's gonna be a couple other guys that have similar responsibility and kind of pressure on the system, but uh, it's pretty much just CJ. And the way he delivers the ball, his ball placement, uh, especially like along the sidelines and deep with his anticipation, it's absolutely incredible. Um, I'd still like to see him show more mobility. I, I think there's just – he kind of got this attitude that Dwayne Haskins had where it's like ridiculous that he would have to run or that he should move the pocket at all or just like, you know, not stand there. And yeah. like that he kind of became indignant that's even an option for him. <laughs> uh, so I think he's going to work on that more this season and also hopefully whining less interviews. Like, yeah. Stroud is, is the quarterback like of the recent run of Ohio State quarterbacks going back to say Braxton Miller, maybe Terrell Pryor, I'd say before him. Yeah. He is um probably the one besides JT Barrett that I've disliked the most on just like a, a yeah. personal level. Like I, I find him annoying. Yeah. 
But I do think he is probably the best actual quarterback in that entire group. I think he's a better quarterback at this level than Justin Fields was. Um, he doesn't have quite as much dip on the ball, but I mean, just the way he understands and sees the field is pretty special. Yeah. Um, he seems like the slam like number one to me. We're just looking at traits, anticipation, uh, ball placement, everything he does, uh, throwing motion, like uh, size. I don't think there's any quarterback in the country that's really like that close to him, right? I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm just blinded by being a homer here, but like, I don't think Bryce Young is nearly as good as he was given credit for last season. Yeah. I mean, the thing with Bryce Young was that he had like, one really good game it really he had one really good drive against Auburn and that was kind of it right like that was the everybody tuned in to watch oh is Alabama gonna is gonna you know gonna lose Auburn and then Bryce Young leads him down the field and for some reason that won him the Heisman but like I it feels like people kind of forget how Alabama's season went like we were we were talked about it all year last year but they kind of weren't very good for all of it. They won games, but their offense always looked sort of shaky and, and sort of just stilted and, and weird and out of pace. And I don't know. I, I think Bryce Young is certainly talented, but also, I mean, CJ Stroud is doing, like you said, more than I think just about any other quarterback in college football in terms of what he's asked to do to a point where it's probably <laughs> harmful, right? Like, it, and we've talked about this a little bit before, but it seems like Ryan Day has this sort of uh, desire to make things harder than they really need to be for for the sake of being respected by the NFL or being respected by, uh, you know, whoever scouts, whatever it might be, uh, so that he is not labeled as a, a college, you know, offense merchant, right? Like he's not doing the RPO shit all the time. Um, which is impressive. To be fair, if you get a five-star guy every year, it does seem to work. Yeah, I I think that it's not, I'm certainly not saying that his offense doesn't work. It's just that like, they do probably make it a little harder on themselves than they need to. I think that you, 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 like the Alabama gimmicky RPO offense, it does work. It, it, it's not, we, you know, we laugh about it and, 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 are I don't think big fans of it, but it does work. Um, and that CJ Stroud can still succeed within this offense that is absolutely more complex than it probably even needs to be. Not that it seriously damages it. It's, it still is. It's very impressive. Um, and that he is also able to <laughs> overcome in the minds of a lot of Ohio state fans, how annoying he is that they still like him is really, yeah. really impressive. He could, he is so good that there are people who are honest to God, like, they have accounts named after him and shit, despite him being the most annoying person on, in college football. He is extremely bad to listen to. Just whining constantly all the time about everything. <laughs> it's like, dude. He is like, I mean, like if you want to give him a comparison, I think he's a, a better player relative to both sports. But like, he's basically the Trey Young of college football, where it's yeah. just like, just me. I mean, it's, I don't want to give him the Steph Curry title because no one in college football can really be Steph Curry, right? You yeah. have to win like two titles in three years. But, uh, you know, like just a guy who is personally detestable, but just puts up numbers at such an undeniable rate that you can't do anything about it. Yeah, it's like if the, uh, it's like if the Celtics won a lot, right? It's like if Celtics were winning championships <laughs> all the time, their fans, the way that they talk, right? It's that. It's it's you know, it, it would be like uh, I guess it is just Warriors fans and how they are, but it's like that is that is my number one complaint about CJ Stroud is that I don't like him as a person. He's very annoying, and I'm like, yeah. He's just. I, he, I mean, if like my God, if the Buckeyes actually do up the potential and expectation this season of like winning the national title, having the number one overall pick in the draft as a quarterback, yeah. and like finally getting this fucking monkey off their back while modernizing the offense successfully to to win, uh, with the most annoying quarterback of all time again, <laughs> it's going to be terrible for everyone else in the country. Like I already, I recognize how bad we are. 
Like I'll be absolutely insufferable. I'll be posting deep fried CJ Stroud memes yeah. for the rest of my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll be you'll be starting uh, the the Stroud QB one, you know, tw- you know, uh, Twitter account, right? You'll be you'll be doing the the deep yeah, fried. Yeah, I'll be posting Coleridge Bernard Stroud like fourteen yeah. times a day, like just in April. <laughs> yeah, you'll do the the Clemson playoff game copy pasta for Justin Fields, but it's the CJ Stroud <laughs> thing. Yeah, that's that's my that's my main complaint about CJ Stroud is that he needs to stop complaining about everything. But other than that, um, yeah, he's excellent. He's he's very 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 good i don't have any yeah any real but again the, the one the one the one remark on his actual football is like it, it is just part of the whining like he needs to not be a prima donna and actually be willing to like move his feet to help the team yeah he's, uh, it's, it seems like he sort of has the thing where he he doesn't know what he doesn't know right and it, it's it's uh I, I think that he is he is all too aware of how good he is and it, it sort of it does limit him on the the uh you know getting five yards on the ground kind of thing because he he is above that and and um, probably shouldn't be, <laughs> probably shouldn't be above that. It's, it's, you know, five yards is five yards. Yeah. I mean, in God, like he, he's like, the, you know, quarterback, like the only position of football where you're not actually at real risk of like getting, you know, absolutely trashed by a player. Uh, anyway, yeah. let's, let's see him move a little bit, but he's the best quarterback in college football. I don't really think it's competitive. And well, let's talk about why I guess in tier two yeah. with Bryce Young, um, so tier two is the good enough to be anyone in the country on their best days tier. We have two quarterbacks here. Um, this is my, again, this is uh, mostly Patrick's list. So please direct all complaints to him. Mm-hmm. Um, Bryce Young is the first one we want to talk about here. Uh, I think he is probably the weakest Heisman winner in recent memory. I'd say going back to like when uh, Gene Co, Jason White, robbed Larry Fitzgerald, no three. Yeah. Uh, but uh, like, you know, he, he really did play well, like you said, in the fourth quarter of that Auburn game in the, uh, what was I going to say? No, sorry. I mean, it, it was the rest of that Georgia game, the national championship though, where like when he isn't just dumping off the ball in space to a guy who runs four two, I mean, Jameson Williams, Yeah. Uh, like what can he do? And I don't think like you've pointed out, like the, Al- the Alabama receivers this off season are not what they have in the last few years. They, they took that kid from uh, Louisville, Tyler Harrell, mm-hmm. who's like, maybe the most overrated transfer in the history of transfers. Yeah. Uh, well, and then they, and they got another one who's exactly like that too. And they got another one who's exactly like that in Jermaine Burton, right? Like it's, that's the same guy. Yeah, sure. And it's just like, I don't think the receivers are very good. Like I'm really not that impressed by them. It's what Sloan Bolden's back again, I guess they have the, all those freshmen who were supposed to be good, but looked pretty bad last season. Um, We'll see. Like they have enough talent in that room that I'd be surprised if they're they just had a totally ineffectual receiver room. But like besides Seamus and Williams, uh, they mostly did have an ineffectual receiver room last year. Like they had one guy who was good besides him. Uh, it's just not a. Like, they haven't really developed receivers like in the last couple of years. Which is interesting. It's but really, anyway, it's really strange. Um, honestly, I don't. I don't really know. I don't know why that is, other than just like they've. I guess maybe gone too hard on the on the portal. But it, it really doesn't seem like they have. You know, like like some of the the higher you know rated guys, guys like John Mechie, players like that, have just not really been what we thought they were going to be. Yeah, I mean, obviously we're what you know two years out from uh, sure. Devonta yeah. Smith and and uh, Jalen Waddle, but like I don't know, I was I'm not really that big on Jalen Waddle. Maybe I'm just a hater, but um, anyway, besides the point, I guess Bama's yeah. probably going to be fine. But you know, the receiver room last year is pretty pathetic. I think it'll be bad again this year. And when basically when Bryce Young can't just dump the ball off to wide open four foot two freak receivers uh, and have play with a lead, uh, he isn't very good. Like he doesn't really do much. Uh, he really couldn't come. He couldn't move the ball against Georgia, which is obviously a difficult proposition. Yeah. Uh, but he couldn't move the ball almost the entire game against Auburn. 
Um, I think he's a bit of a front running quarterback, right? Like kind of the accusation people have made against the Ohio state offense over the last few years, uh, myself included, that like they don't really play from behind very well. Yeah. Um, he, like I'd say Bryce Young does process very efficiently. Like he just know how to go through his progressions very well. Uh, he's very accurate, but he's just not being asked to do much, right? It's simple dump offs um, and, and a few like deep shots to come with air out of the ball. Uh, he's not really being asked to make the throws to be the top guys in this class are. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I think that it's, it's kind of a similar thing to, when uh when Tua first came onto the scene and and you know when he he goes out there and wins the national championship game and then then that first season what was it 2018 or something as a as a starter where he's putting up these huge numbers and people are posting highlights and they're you know this guy's ridiculous and then you sit down and you watch him play a full game and you're like I don't know I mean he's fine <laughs> I think he's I think he's okay yeah you know like like and Bryce Young is is obviously not just okay he's a, he's a very good quarterback he he is he puts up big numbers and that offense, you still do have to throw the ball and get it to those those you know four two receivers and and whatever it might be. But it, there is this sense of his highlights are a lot better than his actual play, um, and and you you know you see him play against these good defenses against these defenses. I think importantly that can pressure him that can pressure him without blitzing um and he really really struggles he really did not have a good time with george's defensive line or auburn's defensive line um he when he's contained and when he's pressured by four uh which granted is is hard for any quarterback to deal with but especially him he he just doesn't seem especially comfortable um and his his first instinct i don't think is to really look down the field and try to find an escape valve there. It is just to run horizontally as long as he can and then hope that he can find something as he's running towards the sideline. And it's just, it's not a great instinct. It's not an instinct that I love in a quarterback, especially one who is competing to be, you know, at the top of the sport. It's, it's the, the thing that separates Stroud from him and from the other guy in this group is that there really aren't those weaknesses with his game where you're like, well, I don't really like that he does that as a passer or I don't really like that instinct it's it's you know with Stroud the biggest complaint that we have is that he doesn't run a whole lot but with Young there are still the he feels human right he feels like a college football quarterback and and one who is who can be limited who can be stopped um or at least slowed down with a a, you know by by an elite or borderline elite defense especially on the defensive line and I don't know that we've seen that with CJ Stroud yet like was there a was there a defense that stopped him or slowed him down last year? I mean, even the games that they lost, I don't think that it was because C.J. Stroud wasn't getting his numbers. Yeah, I mean, he had, what, 400 some yards against Michigan? Like, I, I, I guess I would still say those first couple yeah. weeks of the season, uh, I was not very – I thought he was pretty bad against Oregon, but that is literally his first start yeah. against, you know, what, what ended up being a top 20 defense in college football. Yeah. Uh, first start of his career. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's like after that, pretty much had to figure it out. Yeah, right. Yeah. And he was like, like um, the, the Minnesota game. He was kind of weird in the second half, but that's again, that's you know, we're talking first two weeks of the season, pretty much after. Oh yeah, first the, two uh, weeks. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, pretty much after the you know the Akron game where he, he was he took the week off. He was you know aces. It was it was. I don't know what the answer for him is. Whereas with Bryce Young, it's not an easy answer, but there is somewhat of a there's there's a semblance of a solution for him. Whereas with Stroud, I I still don't know what it is. Maybe there is one, but we haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I agree. Um, and not that this is kind of in the context of being NFL prospects, but I, I guess I, I don't think Bryce Young is going to end up, like people are talking about him as a top two prospect or whatever, top three, depending on how you write, uh, Shroud and Anderson. Yeah. Uh, but man, like, I don't know if I'm drafting a five foot 11 RPO quarterback in my, in my top two, uh, knowing what I've seen from like two, uh, when he's done. Right. I just yeah. don't know if I'm 
signing up for more of Tua. Yeah, I uh, I would be a little bit concerned about that. Certainly, having seen what like Baker Mayfield has done in the NFL or what Tua sure, has done, or, yeah. or even know, Kyler is like has yeah. put up some great numbers, but I don't know, like it's troubling. <laughs> if you're an NFL decision maker, I think it's it's certainly it's certainly troubling because like the best guys, and this is not to make this an NFL podcast, but like the best guys in the league right now are not that they're not even really all that close to that. Like, and, right. and you're not going to get that huge ceiling with Bryce young that you would have with somebody like Stroud or even with somebody like the next guy on our list here. Um, also in the, uh, the, the tier uh, two and three number, number, presumably number three quarterback in the country. I don't know if you have him as number two, but uh, Devin Leary at NC state. Um, are we overreacting here or is he, do you think he's this good? I think here's the thing. Maybe he doesn't belong on the same tier as Bryce Young, but I feel like he's better in the tier below him, which we'll talk about soon here. Yeah. Um, He is to me, the perfect combination of like uh, statistical efficiency, like trait based scouting is like watching him make the throws, um, not having a ton of weaknesses in his game. He takes care of the football very well. Um, he runs well, he moves the pocket. Like he has a lot of mobility, even despite having a pretty serious ankle injury a couple years ago. Um, you know, he accounted for 37 total touchdowns last year. You watch him in the red zone and the way he moves the pocket and hits really tight windows, uh, when being asked to the way he had a couple big comebacks against Clemson, I think against, uh, Carolina as well. Um, just a guy who like checks a lot of boxes you want to see if you're looking for like what the next big quarterback is. Um, also we are, I did, we, I know we did about this today. Uh, I was a little annoyed, uh, that Nicole Auerbach beat me to the punch here. Uh, she actually, well, I'm not usually a, a huge fan of her writing to be totally honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a great article on Devin Leary, uh, uh in the athletic. Um, she highlighted all of his accomplishments, kind of his journey thus far in college football. Uh, it's a really great stuff in there. If you're interested in reading more about him, I know we've talked about him a lot in this podcast. And if you're like an early adopter of flipping the field, you've heard me. Uh, talk about NC State and my weird amount of time I spent watching NC State for the last several years. Yeah, um, I covered Leary in high school uh, when he was a junior in high school. I was talking to him. Uh, he's a quarterback I've been on for a long time. I think he has really, uh, really special traits and high upside. And I think he's a dude who just wins uh, everywhere he goes. And I don't know. There are a lot. I mean, there are not a lot of guys I've been on ahead of him. Like we're going to talk about players the next tier, but who, who just maybe have. Uh, the next two tiers really have some pieces of the game that could kind of come to them that that can make them uh, rival or better than Devin Leary. But like, I don't think any of them put it together in a complete package the way he already has. while just being a third year player. Like, I think he has a lot of upside to still go. Um, I don't know. What's your read on him? Yeah. Am I I overreacting? What's that? Am I overreacting? I don't, I don't think so. I, especially because I've looked at the next tier and I, I don't think he belongs in there. Um, there is a guy in that tier who I have an issue with being there, but we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> I think you know who it is. I know exactly uh, yeah. who you mean. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> it's your list, buddy. <laughs> but I, I do think that that's. I think that's all fair. Um, I don't watch NC State as much as you do, and I, I think you'd have a better read on it. But there's, it's almost it's hard, no one does. Yeah. It's it's hard for me to justify putting someone else ahead of him. I, I certainly would have him third behind Bryce Young. But looking at the the group of guys behind him, um, I don't know that any of these players are, are good enough to, to, to justify it. He has, he has proven himself um, over a very large sample size. He has proven himself doing uh, just about everything you would want a quarterback to do. Um, I'm not sure how good NC State is going to be this year. I don't think that the the I, I'm guessing that the hype is going to be like playoff level by the time August rolls around, and I don't think that's fair, but I do think that they're going to be good, and I think that he's, a, he's you know, 
the biggest part in that. Um, I do also think it's very funny that the two, that two of the top three quarterbacks on our list here uh, are products of the what many are calling the Urban Meyer cradle of quarterback coaches, uh, Tim Beck and, and Ryan Day. <laughs> uh, you know, everybody was always saying when Urban Meyer was at Ohio State, he just produces elite quarterback play, really good passers, um, and he's just got these great yeah. he's got these great quarterback coaches, Tim Beck and Ryan Day, uh, two equal coaches, two guys who produce similar offenses, have a similar understanding of the position, uh, you know, really technically sound, great track record. Um, and uh, you just love to see them both represented here in the top three. Two, I think, equal offensive minds. Yeah, I think we can, you know, easily say that. Um, I mean, obviously, Tim Beck's success is, is tremendous, right? Yeah. Uh, what can you say? I mean, the guy just does it year after year. Mm-hmm. Um, he can't be stopped, just, folks. He can't be stopped. He's he's a champion. I mean, yeah. Uh, once you have to figure once Tom Herman gets his head coaching job, the Tim Beck is not long for NC state, right? Once Tom Herman's <laughs> back atop his, you know, a pile of blue bloods where he deserves, you got to figure Tim Beck is one phone call away from joining him on his staff. Well, and you know, when, t- when Tom Herman inevitably says no to Nebraska and they're, when, when they're looking for a Tom Herman style coach, I think that Tim Beck's got to be the next call because it's already been proven by the greatest hiring mind in the history of college football, Urban Meyer, that Tim Beck is a Tom Herman style football coach. And so you got to think that he's going to get the next call from nebraska right and a lot of ad's have been calling us lately yeah and hoping the field hotline which i'm sure you guys all know the number two Mm -hmm. and they're saying like ryan patrick we need a tom herman style coach who can you get for us (laughs) and we're saying hire tim back we keep telling people this and they're not doing it yeah hire ed warner i hear zach smith not doing anything these are all tom herman style (laughs) coaches come on um all right next tier here this is one that i have i I have one issue with the other two i don't really have an issue with i i also have i have a big question mark with one of the guys in this tier i absolutely love one of the others i don't know it's it's a weird the next uh what do we have here eight quarterbacks i think you had to be interchangeable based on your opinions yeah uh but i i I think they're kind of all ahead of the next group of players and clearly below the group ahead of them. I think so. what's I think what's fun here is that there are three quarterbacks in college football who I feel really good about, and then there's a whole bunch of other quarterbacks who are also playing football. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot that I'm, like, curious to see, at least. So I like, yeah. have, like, strong hunches about, but I'm not, let's just say, and by the way, this is not uh, these tiers aren't ranked. I just numbered them for yeah. how many quarterbacks we're at. So quarterbacks four through six in some order. Um, I, ha- I want to start with Grayson McCall. Yeah. Uh, Patrick, this is kind of the Coastal Carolina offense is pretty much your baby, so I can let you kind of take the lead on Grayson McCall here, and, and can you give me your thoughts? Yeah, so you have this tier labeled as the JT Barrett and Friends tier, um, and, and within <laughs> within your write of you have you have written that he is the present day JT Barrett. Um, McCall is. Uh, I have I have quite a few issues with that. I think that he's he's. I will give I will cede that if we are saying he's the present day never injured and never coached by Tim Beck, JT Barrett. If we're talking 2014 JT Barrett developing on the normal curve that he would have had he not been injured uh, and had Tom Herman stayed put, yeah, absolutely. That's what he is. Um, he is a, a very, very capable runner, very comfortable scrambling uh, when he needs to, but doesn't do it too actively. He is extremely adept at running that, that system. I, I don't know that you're going to find a better quarterback to do that specific offense than Grayson McCall. Um, I would put him on the the upper echelon of all time college football option quarterbacks, and that's that's productive to say that he's an option quarterback. But that is they do run a lot of option, and he's very very good at it. He is as good as any modern quarterback has been at running that system. Um, it's it's a testament to his ability to process that he can do that, and that he can handle 
so many different wrinkles, so many different things that they do. They ask a lot of their quarterback on, on those, uh, on those reads and he handles it really well. Um, as a passer, I, I can understand again, the comparison he's faster than JT Barrett as well, but, um, as a passer, I can understand it. He's, he doesn't have a ton of zip. Uh, he's not a huge guy. His arm is not going to wow anybody with, with his, you know, his strength. He can get the ball where he needs to get it. Uh, but it, it certainly doesn't fly out of his hand, but, um, he's, I think probably the most proven quarterback in college football, right? Like we know what he is. Um, yeah, and, I think that's and, fair to say. We know exactly what he is for sure. And what he is, is somebody who's going to produce, like, I don't know off the top of my head, what his numbers were last season, but it feels like it'd be fair to assume like 36 touchdowns to three interceptions, right? Um, it seems like that's about what he's going to do. Probably 3,500 yards there about he'll run. For yeah. Another. He just, just to clarify, he had a uh, 31 all purpose touchdowns last year, three turnovers, uh, all interceptions. Uh, he accounted for, uh, just about 3,100 yards. Yeah. Um, and completed 70% of his passes. Yeah, like that's really good. I, I, I he, he doesn't quite, I, I don't think he's going to be like a big time NFL guy or anything like that, but also I don't care because it's college football. Um, he wins games. He is really, really, really good at what he does. Um, I think I'd probably, I don't know if I would put him in the young and, and leery tier just because I don't know that he has that upside that they do. I don't know if he has the athleticism that they do, the arm strength, but. Um, I'd probably put him in a tier of his own because I certainly think he's better than the other two on this list. Um, he's just, he's really, really good. He's a very, very good quarterback. Here is what's difficult for me is trying to separate Grayson McCall from the system he plays in. Uh, because like what you said is absolutely correct, right? He is like more responsible for the success of not just his offense, probably his team as a whole than maybe any other quarterback in the country. Like you'd say Stroud's up there. You could say that maybe like Will Rogers at Mississippi State's up there. Yeah. Uh, a handful of other guys, but like, Grayson McCall, I mean, if he has a bad game, they lose, right? That's it. Yeah. Like he just, he didn't, and he never has bad games. Yeah, that's, so that's the thing, yeah. like he carries this offense every single week. Uh, but, but the question is like, how many other guys in college football could execute his offense the way it's asked to be executed versus like, could he execute the offense of the guys ahead of him? And I, I don't, I don't know that's fair to him because, you know, he picked a system that fits his strengths, right? You yeah. know, knowing, knowingly he, runs it as well as he could be asked to. And he's asked to do what fits his strengths. But for me, if I'm green or quarterback, if I'm like taking him out of coastal Carolina and looking to put him on like, you know, this year's Alabama roster, I don't think Alabama's offense would be better with Grace McCall than as a Bryce Young. Um, and I think it's hard to kind of extricate that from my head, um, which is tough for me. Cause I think he's an incredibly accomplished quarterback. That's why he's as high. If I'm just ranking pure talent of like quarterback or like, you know, this was an NFL draft list, you know, Grayson McCall doesn't crack the top, what, 15, 20, but he is just an incredibly productive college quarterback who has great success. And I think you have to respect what he does because he sets out and accomplishes exactly what he intended to do. There's no question that like Grayson McCall is accomplishing the objectives, the team and him, that he has for himself every season, yeah. which counts for a lot to me. Yeah, I, I will say to to his uh, to his credit here, and this is something that we talked about during the season that I don't agree with. I don't think they should do this, but they they have done it all the same. Um, Coastal Carolina's offense in twenty twenty one was a lot closer to Alabama than it probably should be. It it should, it should be option. They should run the option, um, but it does seem like Jamie Chadwell sort of caved to 
either trying to get Grayson McCall more national hype or more likely trying to get himself a job uh, elsewhere, trying to wash the, the option off of him a little bit. They still run it. They still do some of that stuff. But in 2021, they really didn't. They didn't quite have that same uniqueness to them it was it was really not that different from what like nc state is doing um they, they just they had a couple more option looks but uh, it, it's uh i i honestly i hope they go back more to what they did in 2020 because it works better and he doesn't need to be a pro quarterback it's fine you could just be a really good college quarterback but um mm-hmm. i i think that he i would certainly take him over just about any other quarterback on this list that's not like cj stroud or you know the guys in the in the tier ahead of him um, he is, uh, I, I think he can do just about anything that you ask him to do. Yeah. I mean, it's about argument. I think, I guess it's something we'll also never know. Um, yeah. maybe, maybe we see more of the season. I don't know. Maybe he's kind of asked for more chance to show it off and we'll see. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens this year with him for certainly. And, and yeah. he's, uh, I mean, he's one of the great names in college football. He's one of the, the guys we just have to know a lot about. And he's going to definitely be one of the stories of the season. Yeah. Um, but the other two guys that have in his tier are quarterbacks that, don't have a super similar play style or don't look the same, but um, ha- have pretty strongly similar results here. Uh, one, I know you love one. I know you are mad that I included here. Uh, <laughs> I have the next two is KJ Jefferson and Hendon hooker. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to start with KJ because the way that will Levis, who we're going to talk about here soon has been getting talked about uh, or Caleb Williams has been talked about is basically the way that KJ Jefferson should be talked about. People do not watch enough ball. Yeah. Um, what he did against Ole Miss with his six touchdowns, the way he almost beat Bama like single-handedly, basically, just virtual perform- virtuoso performances and losses that he had. Yeah. And he just seems to only be getting better, right? Like he's also a guy here who is clearly not a pro quarterback to me. Uh, he shot puts the football with this giant windup and he really can't <laughs> hit tight windows. <laughs> but like he plays despite that at a very high level constantly. He's a super physical runner, um, does just like kind of knows his limitations as a thrower and is able to anticipate like where he needs to put the ball and how early he needs to throw it, which is actually kind of crazy to watch because he, he kind of almost like he has some of those Trace Busorley or Tanner Morgan throws where it's just up in the air for what feels like seven seconds. Like It yeah. feels like a great hang time on a punt, yeah. like watching those balls come down and they just land right in the basket. Um, but he's a super productive and fun to watch college quarterback who, if he was playing, you know, 10 years ago would be like regarded as a Heisman contender. Yeah. Uh, it might still be anyway, yeah. you know, it is very, um, it, it's very funny. It's, it's endearing to watch this, you know, six foot three, 250 pound quarterback throw like Trace McSorley. Right. Like, <laughs> it's like, really funny. Like it was like there at some point in time, some NFL teams are talking themselves into like, ah, uh, he actually throws harder than it looks like. Yeah. He has a little more zip. We're, we're going to get to, he's just so big. It's going to be a really easy way to identify who watches college football, which of course is none of these people. But when, when NFL scouts start writing their, you know, the, the draft guys start writing their stories about, quarterbacks next season and they're saying that kj jefferson has a huge arm right uh-huh. <laughs> no he doesn't he doesn't at all have here's that. a pro tip when they say that, they just mean you're fat is yeah. all they're saying yeah, this, guy, this guy's a big motherfucker get a load of him <laughs> <laughs> well and also the other guy who i think is maybe less popular to include at this point but i think was really not respected enough last year by myself included is hendon hooker at tennessee um i, I Look, I deliberately avoided watching Tennessee as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking back at the end of his year, his results are insane, man. I mean, 3,500 all-purpose yards, uh, 36 combined touchdowns, only three interceptions in the season, completed nearly 70% of his passes. And, and like, yes, you can obviously argue that in a Josh Heupel offense, it's easy to get yards and completions for his quarterbacks, what it's designed to do. But it's also true that what he did last year 
was better than anything that Mackenzie Milton or Dylan Gabriel did under uh, Heupel or Josh or, or uh, Scott Frost at, at UCF, right? Like those guys are in basically the same offense and uh, Henry Hooker did a better version of it than any of them ever have. And Dylan Gabriel is a damn good quarterback. Uh, like what he did was pretty special, man. Like I, I don't think he quite has, you know, like the arm talent of Bryce Young or physicality or creativity, even of, of Katie Jefferson, or maybe Will Levis. He's not as accurate or, or it has good vision as Devin Leary or CJ Stroud, but He's just a fucking really good, solid veteran quarterback who takes care of the football, produces yards at a high rate, does not put the ball in danger, and, and scores touchdowns any way he has to to the air of the ground. Like, I mean, there's just a lot of value to a guy like Hennon Hooker who does what he does and does not lose you games ever and will win you quite a few. Yeah, I, I think that these two, they're not similar in, in really in play style all that much. They have kind of similar body types. Uh, Jefferson's quite a bit heavier but they are about yeah hooker skinny yeah they're about the same height um but they do have a lot of similarities in the offense that they run um these are basically the same offense uh, for some reason kendall bryles doesn't get talked about quite the same way that josh heupel does um they run the same offense it's the it's the same it's yeah the same system it's the same thing that that jeff levy is running it's the same thing that lane kiffin is running that alabama is running that that you know sarka texas is running now it's the same thing it's the same offense it's the baylor offense it, it's you know uh it, it is not as often connected to to art bryles as it probably should be for good reasons because of art bryles's uh, transgressions as a person, but it's the Art Bryles offense. That's what they're running. It's the same thing. Um, it really hasn't changed all that much since 2012 when he was doing it, or 2011 he was doing it, and you know RG3 was winning a Heisman, and it's the same thing. It's it's been sort of made a little bit more aggressive in in recent years. They've kind of dropped the facade that it is anything beyond like just you know one route RPO just. Uh, you know, one guy's going to be open and the rest of the guys are not running any routes or even trying to do anything. Um, that was not quite a Bryles thing. He started to do a little bit of that, but um, it's, I would say, very, very similar offenses that these two are running. And they're both, I would say, more competent within those systems than anybody else in college football. And that's the dominant offense in college football right now. So I, I think that they I will say, though, I don't know, man. I do think that there was some of the, like, Tebow quarterback run game creativity from the Dan Mullen Florida era that you saw in this Bryles offensive Jefferson. Like they did some really cool stuff to like uh, get him some better running lanes. Like the way they yeah. used his pump fake. I think he had a couple jump passes this season. Like they, they did do a lot to get him creative ways to run the football. Yeah, that was cool to watch. I would say the same about Hooker too. I mean, he ran for 600 some yards, right? Like I, I think that that is the thing that kind of differentiates these guys is that one, they're both they're both pretty accurate passers and they understand the offense well. Um, two, they are they are competent runners, which is not something that you see always in these systems. That was always the thing with the later stage Baylor teams, right? Was that you have guys like um, oh, what was his name? Was it Seth Russell? Um, or, or, uh, Jarrett Stidham was there briefly, right? Even RG3, right? People didn't, they didn't talk about him like this, but he wasn't like a great runner. He was fine. Um, then the guys after him couldn't move at all. You know, you like, like, uh, oh, what was the guy's name? Um, the kid who broke his neck. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I don't remember though. Is it Bryce Petty? Is that his name? That sounds Bryce right. Petty. Bryce yeah, Petty I, sounds right. I think Bryce Petty That's is also. The, could be a NASCAR driver or, or, or like a, uh, yeah, like a, a drummer, right? <laughs> that sounds that's yeah. a drummer name. Uh, yeah. Bryce Petty, but none of those guys were super mobile. And that's sort of the thing that, that I think separates these two, that and their, and their accuracy. Is um, Bryce one of the most versatile white guy names? 
Yeah. Like that kind of fits in a lot of different cultures, right? You could yeah. be country and be Bryce, you could be punk and be Bryce, you could be an athlete and be Bryce. <laughs> a lot of room there to be next, like different kinds of Next week of we're gonna do our, our white guy names tier list. We're gonna <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um I, I will also I, I will note um you mentioned that 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 neither uh Dylan Gabriel or Mackenzie Milton quite did what Hendon Hooker did within the offense. I would push back on that a little bit. Dylan Gabriel's numbers are very similar in 2020. Mm, his, his complete, no, they're not that close. His completion percentage is lower, but he threw for quite a few more yards. In the touch, he had 32 touchdowns to four interceptions. Hooker had 31 touchdowns to three interceptions. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. Dylan Gabriel's also, you know, using a uh, – he's – Throwing the ball quite a bit, I guess. I don't know. He's uh, he's really using a lot more attempts to get there. The hooker, well, I'd say hookers just more efficient is the biggest thing. Whether it's yeah. you know you're focusing on turnovers, you're focusing on uh, focusing on you know yards per attempt, interception rate, stuff like that. Like I just yeah. I think hookers a bit more. Yeah, efficient. I I, cer- I, th- I certainly think he belongs here, but I I do think that the the hypo offense and the browse offense for both of these players is is a you know a thing that has to be acknowledged and a thing that certainly keeps them in this tier and not in the one below it um it just you know they they are they are limited at least a little bit by their by their offenses not in the sense that they won't put up yardage but in the sense that it's hard to think of them as being truly transcendent quarterbacks because like with Bryce Young they just aren't asked to do all that much right as as passers and so I think that's what keeps them here rather than in the top two or, or, or three well, let's let's get into the next tier then, because I think we have a few more guys that are. I guess my rationale, sorry, your rationale when you wrote this uh-huh. on why they don't belong in the same tier to me as Hooker or Jefferson. Um, this is the if he just fixes this one flaw, he'll be really damn good tier. Yeah, uh, we have five quarterbacks here. Uh, let's just start with three names right away, who I think are all just slightly worse versions of the guys we just talked about. Uh, I have Will Levis, Caleb Williams, and Dylan Gabriel here. Mm-hmm. Um, Will Levis has become a bit annoying because he's just getting a lot of NFL draft hype right now. Yeah. I'm not really not a hundred percent sure why he's big. I, I think like, you know, Will Levis just answers the question. Like what if KJ Jefferson or Hendon Hooker turned the ball over four times as often and were way less effective runners, but they had like a couple of really cool splash highlights every game that you could watch on ESPN. Yeah. That's like it. Right. He's just getting draft attention because people are chasing this Josh Allen bug. Yeah. Uh, they, you know, like he might have bigger arms than uh, Hooker or Jefferson, but he's really careless to football and turns it over a lot. And, yeah. and I mean, like Jefferson is similarly creative without having that same kind of uh, carelessness. Um, but I mean, this guy turns the ball over a fucking ton. Yeah. I'd be curious. 12 to interceptions see... last year. I think interception rate was like north of 4%, which yeah. is way fucking too high. Yeah. I would be, I'd be curious to see what he looks like within one of those offenses rather than within what Kentucky is doing now, which is as they would so proudly tell you and that I, I don't know if I quite am fully on board with, they are running the, as they will say, the Rams offense. Um, they are not running the Rams offense because if they could run the Rams offense, everybody would do it. It's not just, you can't just copy paste it. There's a reason that they won the Super Bowl. Um, but they're running their version of the Rams offense, which just means that they do a lot of play action and they have a tight end and they <laughs> sometimes put him in the backfield and then they have him go out on little drop passes. Um, but they do ask. Didn't, me, didn't the Rams hire their guy as the OC this year, though? I think so. He was a he was a Rams guy. But you're, you're the the thing with the Rams off. It's like drafting somebody to be Debo Samuel, right? It's like well, sure, no, right? Yeah, not, you really can't do it. He's yeah. not that unless it's, you draft for them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like well, the thing that makes the Rams offense different is the players in it. It's not just the, <laughs> it's 
not just the sure, system. You, sure. don't have, you are still Kentucky. You don't have Cooper Cup. I hate to be the one to inform you of this, but um, anyway, it, it's that offense is still asking at least a little bit more of him. It's it's gimmicky in a different way. It's it's more downfield play action than it is short play action, but it's kind of similar in its core ideas, what it wants to achieve. But I would be interested to see what he would do in in an all screens and slants offense. Um, He's not, I don't think he's a great decision maker like you were talking about, but he does have a good arm. Um, I was pretty impressed with, with, I didn't think he was going to be able to do that last year, even if it's not, you know, top, top of the line quarterback play. I didn't think he was going to be that. I think that it's, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, I was wrong. I mean, I'll, I'll happily yeah. say I was wrong about him. Yeah. Um, but I think like where I felt about him and uh, where he is now considered to be as a pro prospect, I think like where he actually is probably supposed to difference between those two things. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I would be interested to see, and I, I we obviously won't get to, and I, I think that he, he runs that system well. They're going to keep running that system even with the new OC. But um, it, it is, I think that that, that – has made things a, a tiny bit harder on him. And so I'm, I'm willing to upgrade him a little bit in my head and, and excuse a couple of those interceptions because he has asked to do more, but sir, he's, he's still not on that level. He's not a, a, a Jefferson or hooker level decision maker at this point. And, and that's the thing that I think if he fixes this one flaw, he'll be really good is it's if he's just smarter with the football. Yeah. Um, I guess, speaking of, we have Caleb Williams at Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, his problem isn't so much being careless with the football, right? Like, I don't think his turnover rate was that terrible. Uh, I'm pulling up his stats right now. Yeah. Um, he had, what, four interceptions last year and 200 attempts, which is actually it's a little high than you want, but, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. not crazy high I, at all. I, I'll um, say also real quick, if you throw, like, a lot of interceptions in Lincoln Riley's offense, you are a disaster. You are an awful fucking quarterback if you have more than, like, six interceptions in a season within that offense. What the fuck are you doing? They tell you who to throw to. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. Well, he also here, I think the bigger problem for him is he had just a very nasty little streak of just not showing up in their biggest games of the year. Right. Like they had a three game back-to-back correct run in November where he played Baylor, Iowa state and Oklahoma state completed 49.3% of his passes through four touchdowns against three picks and averaged just 160 yards per game to the air with a 6.4 yards per attempt. I mean, that is disastrous. That is like fucking awful. That is a, uh, you know, freshman year, Max Duggan level game. That's a Graham Mertz game. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, he was a true freshman. Of course, he's going to get better. But but like performing like that on a stage that big is just not really something we've seen from other high level first year starters. Like, I mean, Bryce Young had a couple rough games last year where he wasn't perfect, but nothing like that. Right. CJ Stroud, even in his worst games, was nothing like that. Yeah. Uh, and Caleb Williams was touted like in a similar vein to those guys. And and I think obviously needs to learn from it and grow from it. But um you know, I mean, he only completed 74%. You know, his other five starts, he completed 74% of his passes and averaged 318 yards per game and 21 touchdowns over this, over those games, right? Like, he has the potential to be really fucking good. Yeah. Uh, and he showed out against Oregon last game of the season, but he's not consistent enough yet. And I, I mean, he's obviously following Lincoln Riley to USC. He has no excuse to not be great this year. The weapons he has access to. Yeah. With uh, what's his name? Mario Williams. And it's his name, right? Mario Williams. That sounds right. And Jordan Addison. Yeah. And Jordan Addison. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if he's not good this year, he's just not the guy we thought he is. Right. He's yeah. just another Baker Mayfield. Yeah. He's like um, a fun- oh, come on. He- yeah. <laughs> Baker Mayfield did win the Heisman. His, I, I don't know. If yeah. He- fair enough. Yeah, his fair NFL enough. results are notwithstanding. Um, yeah, the, Caleb Williams is sort of like a fun throwback to me to a time where 
very highly touted quarterbacks did require like a little bit of time to become extremely good. Um, and, and maybe that is just that he's not going to be that, but it, it, it feels a little bit like, I'm sure you do. Do you remember like first year Terrell Pryor, right? Where it's like, I was actually thinking of like second year Braxton Miller is kind of what I was thinking. Sure. Yeah. Of course. And we both only have Ohio state examples, but it's right. like <laughs> just it, a weird it, coincidence. Yeah. Just a weird coincidence. Or even like, you know, you might remember like first year Tim Tebow, right. Where he was just sort of playing a part in that offense and you could see Yeah, you were what six that season. I would have been, yeah, it's not important, but uh, <laughs> I, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's that kind of thing where you're like, okay, I, I get it. I, I can, I can see I can see what all the hype is about. He has some things to work on. He has to learn the position, right? That's the that's the thing that we don't really say about quarterbacks anymore, like five star top tier quarterbacks, is that he has to learn the position. Like these guys have been playing football for you know, their entire lives. They've they've been playing high level football since they were like six years old. Um, and the offenses are the same as they are in high school. So they don't we don't really have that anymore. And it's it's I don't know that it's it's necessarily like I, I don't think that it's like oh that's it's it's fine that Caleb Williams wasn't fully ready in year one like that's troubling that is worrying that he wasn't because the rest of those you know his peers like you said uh, were um, they were both admittedly redshirt freshmen in in Young and Stroud rather than true freshmen but I still we've seen freshmen succeed we've seen freshmen have a lot of success and and some of his things didn't feel necessarily freshman specific and more player specific but it is mm-hmm. sort of a you know, I, I I certainly think he could get a lot better. I think that he could be a huge star this season. And like you said, there's not really a huge excuse for him not to be. Um, he should be that. But it's uh, it's fun. It's it's like a uh, oh, I remember that. I remember when quarterbacks weren't immediately successful for the first time that they you know took a snap. Like it's uh, I like it. It's a fun throwback. I do wonder what his upside. Is. Like I mean, did this did this last season kind of question make you question his upside at all? Eh, a little bit. I didn't really have a great feel for what it was even before this last season. So I, I it's yeah, still I, sort of. I know he's the more quarterback in the country, but it felt like it was a weaker quarterback class, right? Like I don't think he was, was like yeah. regarded the same as like even the top three guys in the class before him with uh, DJ Bryce and CJ. Yeah, yeah. It's it's I I never really had a super clear picture of what I thought he was going to be. He's a weird player. It's a it's a it's a kind of quarterback that we haven't really seen in a while. I don't know that I would compare him to the the other guys like I like we were saying his, his you know his peers and his classes and, and the classes nearby I don't know who I would compare him to um he's a weird he player. is kind of like a smaller KJ Jefferson to me in a lot of ways yeah um he has better arm talent than KJ but not by a ton uh and he's not as big as him I don't know like maybe just a more sudden uh a slightly smaller KJ Jefferson that's yeah. kind of a hmm, I don't know yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I'm curious I don't know if he's a yeah I, this season could go uh, uh very differently based on kind of what what we uh i don't know i, I think i i'm very curious to see what becomes a caleb williams this season maybe more than any other quarterback in this list i am more curious to watch yeah um but speaking of a million other fucking oklahoma quarterbacks let's talk about uh dylan gabriel yeah uh I, I guess the biggest question to me and i know we just were talking about him a few minutes ago but was his small sample size increase in his accuracy last season. Um, that was kind of the big knock on him for a while, right? He'd hovered around or below 60% for most of his career. Uh, he jumped up to 68% in his three starts last season. Um, uh, was that a real change? Just kind of just a blip on the radar. Um, and I guess what's your opinion there? Yeah, I, I'm not, I don't know if I'm a hundred percent sure because it's, you know, it is a small sample size. I, I think Dylan Gabriel's good. I like Dylan Gabriel. I liked him in, in, you know, larger sample size in 2020. Um, 
he is certainly going to a friendly offense with Jeff Lebby running that system. I don't know who's going to play wide receiver for Oklahoma. That'll be <laughs> that'll be fun to figure out who Oklahoma's wide receivers are. Um, but I I think that he is he's oops all tight end yeah, offense. Oops all tight end. But I I think he's firmly in the good category, right? He is, I think, kind of. Uh, I would almost put him there are next tier is guys who we kind of know the ceiling of, right? We kind of know what they are. Um, I would almost put him there. I think we do know who Dylan Gabriel is, although his, his ceiling or his floor or whatever he is, is probably a little bit higher than those, those guys. And maybe that's was my thought. Yeah. Too. Maybe does yeah. earn him a spot here, but I, I think we know what he is and what he is, is a solidly good, but probably not going to be a whole lot more than that quarterback. I think that he will be, I don't know who the comparison is for Oklahoma specifically because they haven't had this kind of guy in a while. Um, but he, he is someone who, you know, almost like a, uh, it sounds like an insult now, but he did put up big numbers in college, almost like a Mason Rudolph, right? Where it's like, okay. yeah, he, <laughs> That's funny you said that. I was kind of thinking the same thing. Yeah. And actually I, I was, we'll talk about our next play here, but I was actually thinking he's like the Mason Rudolph vote for the draft right now, but we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's where I would, that's where I would probably put him. Yeah. I mean, I guess the, the only argument is like, if he is suddenly like, you know, five to eight percentage points more accurate then that changes a lot of what we expect in their offense, right? Like yeah. if they're completing the ball that much higher of a clip that, uh, that kind of changes when I think of Dylan Gabriel. Yeah. And I, I think that could jump seems small in numbers, but can be pretty significant. Yeah, right. He, he has a good arm. If it, he's, if he's hitting those passes, I mean, he can, he could make pretty much every throw you'd want him to make. I, I think you'd be getting into like, you know, for, for the Levy comparison specifically, you'd be getting into like really good Matt Corral territory, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And kind of like Matt Corral early in his career, he struggled with interceptions too. Yeah. And uh, Corral got better as he went on with that. Um, yeah. And has some injuries. It's actually Matt Corral is not a bad comparison for Dylan Gabriel at all. Yeah. Um, but Matt Corral kind of tapped out as like what the, I don't know, like fringe top 10 quarterback in the country, never really elite. Yeah. Um, I think that's fine. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, if, yeah, I'm curious to see, right? That's a damn good season. If he ends up at that spot, yeah. that's he's got to be pretty happy about that, yeah, I assume. You'll, you'll take it. Um, um, another or, another former or, or current Oklahoma-affiliated quarterback here on this tier that I I don't understand. I'm going to make you explain this one because I don't get it. Uh, Spencer Rattler at, at South Carolina. Uh, Ryan, I think this kid sucks. I think this kid is really bad at playing football. I don't like him at all. I think he is... Absolutely an asshole who has uh, alienated his teammates and his coaches and his personality and demeanor have directly cost him both like in games, in the sense that like his teammates not trusting him has hurt their team. Um, it's hurt his development because he's too arrogant to kind of understand what he's bad at. Um, and I think there's also a legitimate question about his like on the play his on on field play, right? Like he uh, does have a really high interception rate. I've referenced a lot tonight. I continue to, it's, it's not great how often he's intercepted. But I, I don't know. Like, there's some underlying numbers here that would make me think that it may be a little fluky. Like, considering he's like, there's not many guys that have interception rate as high as his that also complete 70% of their passes, right? That's pretty bizarre. Like, it doesn't really happen that way. Yeah. Um, I don't know. He needs to be more careful with the football. He needs to grow up a lot, right? Like, I guess the question is if getting benched or getting beat out by a true freshman and having your entire home fan base like chant, they fucking hate your guts for the entire season. And everyone in the country and like, including media tell you you're an asshole. Like, does that actually make you reflect about yourself and learn you're immature? Or do you just kind of go back further in your hole? And I don't know, like maybe retreating, uh, retreating back to 
give me a, uh, who's the head coach of South Carolina now? Shane Beamer, Shane Beamer. Yeah. Uh, you know, going back to Shane Beamer, who was kind of your safety blanket and your recruitment is maybe not a great sign that he's matured. He might be mm-hmm. going back for more of what worked for him year one. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, man. There's still a lot of like upside and flashy. Like you watch him do some things to football that other players just do not really do. Um, I still don't think he's going to end up being like, again, a Bryce Young or CJ Stroud style, like level of player. Uh, but I don't know, man, he could, he could be somebody who, again, is like a, a Matt Corral kind of outcome like that. That is very much still in Spencer Rattler's grasp. Um, and he has a lot of talent. Like there's just, there's to me, I just still watch him play. It's just creativity with the football, the way he can place it on the sideline, but there is some special stuff that he does that he just, if he just sounds like such a fucking idiot, I think can still make him become really good. I'm not betting on that, yeah. but I'm willing to kind of put him this high because than what he could be this year. Sure. And the, 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 it's the question that everybody's asking with Spencer Rattler this year. Is he in his own hole? Is he in the hole? Folks, we can't tell. We don't know yet. We're going to have to find out <laughs> if Spencer Rattler is in his own hole. Um, last member of this tier is a quarterback who – so many people have opinions on, and I just don't. Why? I don't understand. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck is going on with this. I felt like I was the only one. Tyler Van Dyke at Miami. What is going on with this shit? Where are people getting this? Here's the thing. None of them watched a single Miami game all season. <laughs> yeah. like no he's... one who's talking to you about Tyler Van Dyke right now watched a game live of Tyler Van Dyke during the year. I guarantee you. Well, no, why would you? It's Miami. You didn't need to do that. But it's also like... Man, I don't know. It's like, he seems fine. I think he's like relatively good compared to what they've had. He's good, but I don't know, man. It seems like he's just sort of okay, right? Do you remember when Brad Kaya was really highly touted a couple years ago? Oh, yeah. It seems like kind of the same thing where people are like, oh, wow, Miami has a quarterback. It's like, I guess he's fine. Or like same thing with Jared Stidham, right? Jared Stidham was like the same kind of concept to me. Yeah. Um, I think think specifically, Typically, Tyler Van Dyke attracts like two ends of the football bell curve. <laughs> uh, box score watchers love him, and NFL draft guys who only watch like cut up film of a player's quote unquote traits. Yeah, uh, both get obsessed with him because he has a few like crazy drop in the bucket throws to uh, Charles Rambo. Um, he, you know, really he, he can hit some crazy like angles. His way his bucket balls work is, is really impressive. Yeah, um, he does also hit a lot of like dump off passes that go for 80 yards on like easy uh, screens uh, that make him look a lot better. Uh, but I don't know, man, he can't work the middle of the field at all. Uh, he frequently underthrows receivers and kind of puts balls at risk of interception that if they're playing, you know, not dog shit competition uh, would be intercepted a lot more often and were some games. Um, you know, but he does have pretty ideal size. I don't know. Like basically last year, he was kind of just a poor man's version of that 2019 Tanner Morgan season we saw. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess like the upside is, I don't know if he starts hitting those a little more frequently, still has his screen pass game, has the size he has. He's just like poor man's Mac Jones, yeah, which is a pretty fucking good college quarterback. Yeah. That's good. like, Good player. I don't know if I bet on that. I am not betting on Tyler Van Dyke. I think I'll have, I think of like this group, he is the most likely or second most likely behind uh, Spencer Rattler to continue to regress yeah. and get worse. But first year starter, point up those kind of numbers. I don't know. I was pretty impressed. Yeah. It, it's sort of, it, it's the kind of hype that we see a lot for guys like this where they have a, Guys who take over in the middle of the season and close out pretty strong on a not great team. We, we've seen this all the time, right? This this happens. It seems like there's three or four guys every year who gets talked about like this. It happened with, uh, I don't think he took over in the middle of the season, but it happened with Sam Howell a couple of years ago where people were like, oh my God, this dude's going to be a Heisman contender. It's like, 
I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about all yeah. that. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it has a similar feel to me, and it's it's you know the same issue that that uh, <laughs> that people had in scouting Howell a couple of years ago, which is that no one watches the ACC, and so nobody knows what this guy's actually doing. And it was the same thing with Howell. Um, and uh, that yeah, I think that that's all. I think that's all fair. Um, I do real quick, and then we'll move on. Does uh, the addition of Josh Gaddis make you feel better or worse about Tyler Van Dyke's outlook? Um, I don't know. Like he obviously has a lot more tools than K McNamara does. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I don't know that he has any individual receiver as good as like what McNamara was throwing to last year. I guess, I don't know who they, did they bring in anybody from NIL? Are there any kind of transfers uh, going to Miami? That's pre- supposed to be good. Presumably. I haven't really followed. I, I have, uh, yeah, I have, I have blocked all that out because it's uh, annoying and I don't care about it. Yeah. Um, Miami's annoying to me. And also so is Texas. I'm just like kind of over all the news. Texas is, and... is significantly more annoying to me than Miami is. Texas has, is, is bordering on like outright. I am, I'm I, not even bordering. I'm openly praying on their downfall. Um, I'm yeah, tired but now, it's, but, it's... but here's the thing. Texas is annoying in a football sense to like understand what's happened with Miami and what their projections are. Now you have to hear about like what the Bitcoin's doing, like and what Bitcoin (laughs) stocks are trading at or whatever. (laughs) I need to know what the crypto prices are to understand if Miami is going to be relevant next year or not, which is intolerable and should not be allowed to happen. Yeah. Uh, They got Frank Ladson from Clemson. So no, Uh, he sucks. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay. So time and likes probably not going to be a good this year. Yeah. Um, Boy, well, that's, anyway, that's the one. Um, that's the one wide receiver I'm seeing here, on this list. Okay, that is that is that is brutal. <laughs> the only like big name transfer. For Frank Who else do they have on the raw? I'm gonna look up the raw stuff here. That's tough. Uh, that's a tough scene. That was not. Uh, I, I was thinking that we we're gonna see like a former Oklahoma guy or something. No, Frank Ladson. <laughs> Man, that is oh, boy. not what you want. No. Uh, Oh man, this is not a good receiver. <laughs> These guys oh, God. Uh, do not have anything at receiver. Yeah, boy, that's yeah, that's tough. That's a tough group. I'm I'm looking at it right now. That is a brutal bunch of players that they've got here. They have like three four stars total. Yeah, I have no defense for this. Pro- I mean, man, it's no. Miami, dude. There's a, a dozen guys who are good in South Florida every year. Yeah. Every other program in the country is living off of South Florida receivers. They're just not getting. Yeah, that's tough. Um, all right, next tier here. This is the damn. He's pretty good, but probably already hit his ceiling tier. It's twelve through eighteen. Um, uh, pretty. I, I I would say a a good bunch. A bunch that you you know you know what you're getting. Um, we'll we'll go. Well, there's through. one outlier here. I think we're gonna talk about. But I, I yeah yeah. There's one that I think we're kind of. It's more of a projection than it is a, a set like we know what he is already. We're, we're I think we are assuming that we know what he is, and, and maybe he isn't that, but we'll see. Um, we'll go through these guys a little bit quicker, starting up at the top here. Jake Hayner at Fresno State. Um, I Yeah, I think this is fair. I, I would certainly say that he's one of the best uh, G5 quarterbacks, not named Grayson McCall, if not the best. Uh, he is, I, I, I don't know what he's listed at, uh, height wise, but he looks like he's about five foot 10. He plays like he's about five foot 10. He is very good. He wins a lot of games. He is probably not an NFL guy. That's fine. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Um, he, he's accurate. doesn't have a huge arm. He's about what you would expect from the Fresno state quarterback. I am excited to see what he can do this year. I'm glad that he's sticking around. I'm glad that Grayson McCall is sticking around the, G5 ranks are better for it, but we 
we know what he is. He's a very, very good G5 quarterback. It's pretty crazy that he is going to have, I, I would say we should be pretty comfortably a top 15 quarterback in college football on a team that has a chance to win a conference title and be ranked yeah. and will still not be a top two program, a top two quarterback in program history for Fresno State. Yeah. So it's, I mean, <laughs> tough crowd, really, if you're, if yeah. you're Jake Hayner. <laughs> tough situation. Um, do you have any thoughts on Hayner? Uh, no, I mean, I just want to say, like, I guess the one thing that a lot of our haters and idiot fans will comment is, he's a chief five quarterback, doesn't play anybody. First of all, shut up. You're shut annoying. Up. I don't think our fans would say that. <laughs> he played two P5 teams and two top 25 defenses last season. Uh, and he averaged over 330 yards and north of 65% completion percentage of those four games. Yeah. Uh, did, did you, he played his best against good competition. Did you stay up to watch him beat the shit out of UCLA live? Because I remember watching that <laughs> that like sure that, that live stream. I think it right? was, uh, what was it? Yeah, it was like just when I was getting back to Pittsburgh. Yeah. And I was I had left Columbus and I was just bored out of my fucking mind at Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, and was watching like, you know, 12 hours, 14 hours of ball until Saturday. Yeah. I remember, yeah, because I, I got home from a, from a game and that was on at like, it's only like 1 a.m., right? And he's just, this this kid's playing, and it's like, it looks like he has a broken rib just going fucking crazy on UCLA. That was awesome. That was a, good, that was a fun game. Um, yeah, he's good. He's He he is what he is. It's what he is is a, is a good, too very good quarterback. Um, next up, Malik Cunningham at Louisville. I, I kind of think he is a little bit better than this. He was really good last year. Um, He was really good last year, but I, I also like, He's kind of up and down week to week, right? Like he's not super consistent, and like some of his, he, he really didn't perform at his best in big games. Uh, but I also like his best is so fucking fun to watch, right? I mean, he had almost yeah. four thousand yards and forty touchdowns last year. Uh, he had what against Duke? He put up five hundred fifty-four all-purpose yards and seven touchdowns. Uh, that is an unbelievable game. Yeah, he is like his fun is really fun. I just don't know that like. I don't know. Like, are you taking Lee Cunningham to like win you a game against you know Clemson or or another contender in the uh, in the ACC? Because I don't think I would trust him to do that. I don't. Week I, in, week I out. don't think I would. I don't think I trust him to do that with this roster. If I'm putting him on a better roster, I would certainly. I would. I would think that. But you can't. You know, you got to judge the quarterback for where he is, and and it's it's going to be limited because of it's you know because of Louisville. Yeah. When he played good defenses, he did not perform very well. Yeah. I uh, I hope that he will someday have some receivers. <laughs> that's that's my that's my my hope from Lee Cunningham. I don't I don't believe that that will be the case anytime soon. But yeah, who knows? There are thirty. I, and I just want to say too, I like me having Lee Cunningham as a top twenty quarterback or top fifteen quarterback is like I'd say much higher than him than me at the, at the average in the country. Probably. I think a lot of people also just don't really know what he's been what he's been up to. Yeah, they don't want they don't watch ball. Yeah. Uh, next up here, uh, Talia Tagovailoa. Um, I. So this is probably the, this is the one that I was I was referencing. Um, I think a lot of people are very very high on Talia. Um, they, he put up big numbers. They are running that offense, <laughs> the same one that I mentioned earlier. He is pretty good at it. Um, but also, I kind of agree with you that I think we've seen I think we've seen what he's going to be, and what he's going to be is someone who can put up really big numbers against the bad teams on Maryland's schedule, of which there are plenty because they are in the Big Ten. But when they play the three or four real teams on their schedule, he is he can't do anything. There is nothing there. Yeah, uh, it's. I mean, I don't know, man. He. I think he's gotten a lot better. Like, I, I think it's. I, I think it's become less of him being the problem than it is just like Maryland has bad coaching. And like, like I, I don't know, you could say he was really fucking awful against Iowa, 
Uh, and but I don't know, like besides that, like I don't know, he had a tough game against Michigan, but most of what he does, like I don't really think he's continued to be the problem as much as more as he used to. And it's more of just like this team around him is not really good enough. Mike Loxley is not a good coach. Yeah. Uh, but what he does is impressive. I don't know. He had completed almost 70% of his passes last year. He counted for almost 4,000 yards altogether. Like he's an accurate quarterback who's productive, who just does not have enough help around him, which yeah. is the opposite of the problem previously where he was, you know, uh, could just not, incons- not consistent, didn't show up week to week. Like, I think he's fixed that, which is kind of exciting to see what happens next, in my opinion. Yeah, it's sort of, this is this is the Big Ten version of Malik Cunningham, basically. I, th- I think they're, pre- he's, he's not as good of a runner. Not in play but, style. But no, not in play uh, style, but results. in terms of, yeah, results and situation. He's not he's not the runner that, that Cunningham is. He's a better pure passer, but also the results are going to be the exact same because they have the same roster around him. Um, yeah. Different way. And I, I think our next two guys here are also like what or what he would look like if he were just like a little older and yeah. a little better. Yeah. Um, had which are the ACC versions of him and Brennan Armstrong and Sam Hartman at Virginia Week Four, respectively. Yeah. Uh, Armstrong had 4,700 yards and 40 touchdowns last year. He had eight games with over 350 yards in the air, including four that were over 400. Uh, he does throw the ball a fucking million times per game, but, but he does it really well, right? Like he, he takes care of the football for the most part, needs to get a little better at it. But, um, you know, like he's a guy who has actually some intriguing upside. I don't know. He's like six, two, two twenty. He's listed at six. Two, I should say he is not six, two. He's probably like six foot mm-hmm. small town, Ohio kid, uh, ACC quarterbacks, you know, no one's going to watch them. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I kind of like Brent Armstrong. Yeah, talk about I, Sam Hartman. I I'll I'll say I'm a little worried about Brendan Armstrong because of the addition of Tony Elliott because uh, that Clemson offense is so stupid. It's such a stupid offense. It, it is just brain dead offense. The <laughs> they're somehow still running. The uh, well, we're just gonna get a bunch of six foot five receivers and throw the ball up in the air and hope for the best. And that's that's the whole offense. It's stupid, stupid offense. They're they're PJ Fleck build. I guess it's like if PJ Fleck didn't have any good receivers, it's uh, it's it's dumb. It's a stupid offense. Um, so I'm I'm a little concerned about that. I think he's good enough to still be good, but I, I think his numbers are probably going to take a little bit of a dip because the Clemson offense only works when you have extremely good six foot four receivers, and Virginia doesn't have that. Um, there's not. It just isn't that. They don't have a player like that. They don't have a Mike Williams, right? They don't. They don't have a T Higgins. They just, they just don't. And so I'm, I'm concerned. I'm concerned about that tenure in general. I talked about this on the solo show, however many months ago that was. Uh, I don't think Tony Elliott's a good football coach as a coordinator. And so I certainly don't think he's going to be a good football coach as a head coach at a, a hard job. Um, but that's, that's my main concern with Armstrong as an actual quarterback himself. He's very good. Um, Hartman is, I would say a pretty similar quarterback in a an almost diametrically opposed situation. I think that he his athletic ceiling is quite a bit lower than Armstrong's. However, he has been maximized significantly better and will be maximized significantly better by an extremely, extremely good coaching staff. Um, Wake Forest has gotten the absolute most out of this kid and, and will continue to do so. He is a very good fit for that offense. Um, and I, I think that the... It's another one of those, you know, the way that they get there is is a little bit different, but the the result is pretty similar, and so they, they land in the same spot here. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I like Sam Hartman. I don't know. I'm yeah. I'm uh, I like guys who are just asked to win games for their teams week in week out and perform pretty damn well. Um, yeah. I, I you know that guy's a dog. He wins games. He 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 plays ball like he does what he has to. Yep. 
Uh, Tanner Mordecai at SMU. Uh, I, I I think that this is another one of those where it'd be kind of hard to fuck it up as the quarterback of, of SMU um, under Sonny Dykes originally and now under Rhett Lashley. I think it's going to be the same thing. Uh, but Tanner Mordecai does his job. He completes passes to the people he needs to complete passes to. He's not You slip do... into Obama voice there really quick. <laughs> oh, let me be clear. <laughs> Tanner Mordecai is a great quarterback. Said, uh, he does his job. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, but that's. Uh, I, I think that that's, that's pretty much all there is to say about him. He has good receivers, very good receivers. He will continue to have good receivers. He suits that offense well. He doesn't really make a ton of mistakes. I don't think that his ceiling is especially high, but he's going to win games. It's it's pretty much the same thing as the other guys in this tier. He's, uh, he's striking a deal for the people of Dallas uh, that they'll find fair, <laughs> as they have found all of their uh, previous interactions by predecessors fair as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, people of Dallas have treated the presidential office kindly, yep. and we appreciate them. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Famously. <laughs> no, no issues for the president in Dallas. <laughs> uh Okay, we got the last one here. I was kind of on the fence to include it or not. I don't really think he's a top 18 or 20 quarterback in terms of like, I don't know, if you use the Grayson McCall result, right? Like, yeah. I don't think, I think a lot of guys could do his job mm-hmm. as well as he's doing it. But you got to give him credit for what he does. Uh, Will Rogers, uh, he's really good at being an air rate quarterback. Like, yeah. he just does not put the ball at risk. He hits quick routes when he needs to. He gives the ball to those guys in space. I mean, he had a great season, even by like Mike Leach quarterback standards. Um, 4,700 yards, 36 touchdowns, a 74% completion percentage, just three interceptions, with like 600 attempts. Yeah. Um, just does not put the ball at risk. Uh, it's not a, a small thing. Like, I mean, he's a pretty impressive quarterback to me. Yeah. I do not think about Will Rogers at all. I have no opinions on him. He is, he is the quarterback of a Mike Leach <laughs> offense. That is all I know about him. That's it. I will not form thoughts on Will Rogers. Um, Fair enough. Next tier. Uh, this is the, like, if Cade McNamara were a lot better slash moxie slash dog check tier, 19 through 23. Um, we have a, a truly insane collection of quarterbacks. <laughs> it's insane how much better they are than Cade McNamara. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, first up, Stetson Bennett, Georgia. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's Cade McNamara. What are you talking about? They're the same player. Look, I thought the same thing, Patrick. I... <laughs> Like yourself, when I came into this list with no research, yeah, I was blinded by anti by anti Stetson Bennett bias. Mm-hmm. My anti Georgian vision yeah, was clouded by, by looking at um, him. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing: Yes, Stetson Bennett had the most advantageous game state like of all time. Uh, he had the most talented roster in the country. He had zero pressure to ever do anything. Mm-hmm. That's all true. Nonetheless, mm-hmm. <laughs> he still averaged ten yards per attempt last season. Completed 65% of his passes, went for nearly 3,000 yards. Yeah. Uh, that, and he took care of the football. Like, I mean, he wasn't asked to do a lot, but he did what he had to do in every game except the SEC title game. Like, he was bad that night. It looked like old sense of Bennett. But the rest of the season, like, he just took care of business. He did not fuck it up. He had more yards than a lot of people thought. I mean, like, a lot of, you would talk, hear Sense of Bennett talk. You think he had like 125 yards a game. Like, the yeah. guy moved the football up and down the field. Yeah. I, this is this is a, a Bill Belichick defensive coordinator to me. You have hired you have hired Matt Patricia to be your your number twenty three quarterback here. This is, I have I have no interest in Stetson Bennett. I, I I think that you could put just about any quarterback on this list in that position, and they would be exactly the same player, if not better. I I, I think just about I think anybody you, could do. You got to give them credit for doing what they have, though. I guess. I mean, <laughs> like I, I look at some we've of the, seen we've seen Stetson Bennett do worse. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at some of the quarterbacks here that we have on the uh, not making the cut list, and I don't think that there's any of these guys who cannot do at least what he does. (laughs) Well, let's see him do it, Patrick. Let's see them uh, get into a program at Georgia, Mm -hmm. uh, knock out three other players due to injury, uh, you know, lose one to transfer by being racist. Mm -hmm. Let's see them do the Machiavellian (laughs) move, Sets and Bennett. (laughs) Do you know the power it took for him to get in this position? It like, was, do you understand how much political maneuvering he had to do to get this job in yeah, the first place? He was doing uh, the. Uh, he, he's he's telling his wife that he's he's got to go get some of Freddie's ribs. I've got to get good, Claire. <laughs> I've got to go get those ribs, and then I have to be the star. That's the It's like turning the camera during practice, and like all the guys, what the fuck are you doing? What's wrong with you? Uh, <laughs> he's got the, the, the long live. That's the Bennett's family probably does hang out with Kevin Spacey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah he he was it was actually uh people you, you you look at the uh you look back at the tape at the baseball game or the the softball game or whatever it was with justin fields that you know ended his time there and there's a, a, a mysterious masked man in the background and you can see that he's the one who actually says the slur that that, that makes him leave and no one ever identified who it was but you you look and you, you enhance the image and you see those those piercing stetson bennett eyes and you realize that he had this all planned out from the start he's been He's been working at this for years, and you know you do have to love to see his his plan uh, come to fruition. But also, um, just gonna do a random spin here. Look at the uh, the guys who are not on our list. Uh, Emory Jones would do exactly as well as he has done to George. Emory Jones absolutely fucking sucks. Emory Jones. Here's the thing with Emory Jones. <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't know who he is. Like Stetson Bennett understands that no one cares about Stetson Bennett. No mm-hmm. one is there to watch him play. Yeah, he is there to be a conduit for George's coronation. <laughs> Emory Jones was like is always fucking trying to make something happen. He's gonna audible the line, do his own bullshit, yeah. and just like fumble like a moron. No, I'm no, come on. All right, uh fine. Tanner Morgan, Georgia quarterback Tanner Morgan. It is it is identical. Tanner Morgan's throwing 17 receptions if he has a better shot. All right. Uh next up, Max Johnson, Texas AM. Um man, I don't know. I don't know about all this. <laughs> I think I'm I'm clouded by by what I have seen from him, which was not entirely his fault. Uh, the fact that he was on the ground every single play is not really something that he could control. Uh, but I am I, I'm biased against him through that, and I'm also biased against him through the offense that he is joining because the next good Texas A&M quarterback I see under Jimbo Fisher will be the first. He has produced one good quarterback in his entire career. I'm sick of it. If Max Johnson just starts talking like Jimbo, or starts talking like Jameis at practice, wouldn't that be kind of cool, though? Yeah, I would like that. I would enjoy that. That would be fun. Like, I don't know. What if he comes in and just starts getting loose? He starts, like, killing frat house turtles or whatever, like the yeah. uh, old Florida State players used to do. Yeah. He starts just walking up to, like, whatever weird military freaks go to A&M and telling them, like, Bet you I can chuck a ball over that house. Yeah. Uh, and just stuff like that. That's what he's, he's, he's asking the police officer nearby for his gun because he wants to do a fun prank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think Max Johnson has dogs to him. I mean, he wins. Uh, he, no, he didn't really win that much last no, year. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. You know. <laughs> He, does the he doesn't really win. I like the fact that he transferred in his own division, though. Yeah, uh, he is a shit-talking quarterback who won a, a, a pretty tough battle last season, and then said he didn't want to do this one's battle under Brian Kelly, mm-hmm. and went to the bigger shit talker in the division mm-hmm. to help do a revenge tour. Uh, I'm, pro- I want to see him do it. I want to see Max Johnson. Uh, avenge uh, Jimbo's honor this season. Yeah, he is. So, the, he is the 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 picture where it's the the guy 
uh, with the bright red face saying, give me tougher battles and, and Jesus saying, what the fuck? Right. That's what Max Johnson's doing. He's I, I'm going, I'm going from late stage Ed Orgeron's offense to Jimbo Fisher's offense. The guy who is not, 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 just not, not the guy who is floundering and just searching for any sort of identity, but the guy who in his heart believes in the worst identity in college football. Just, it, I need it to be harder for me. I need to have they're, a more difficult path. They're going to gonna do like games. a free solo style documentary about how Max Johnson's life's <laughs> are like hurting his family's uh, like feelings and tearing them apart. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, yeah, I um I don't believe in Texas A and M even a little bit because I've watched the man's offense before. Um, but I, I I mean I guess he's Max Johnson has he is a crazy ass white boy and he does at least have that going for him. That's right. Um, uh, Kate McNamara doesn't have the balls. Let's be honest about that. Sure. But, okay, we've got Dorian Thompson Robinson next. Yeah. Uh, the immortal quarterback. He has been in Westwood forever. Yeah. He will never leave. Uh, he's just solid, man. 3,000 yards, 30 touchdowns, pretty acceptable turnover rate. He's pretty accurate. He has a wealthy air and the ground. He runs, he passes. He's a poor man, tenant hooker. Um, and he killed Tate Marteau. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he murdered him in cold blood. Um, let me look real quick at UCLA's football schedule because just from vibes and from watching them play last year i think that they're about to produce the quietest 10 and 2 season of all time that might still 10 get and chip, 2 that might still get chip kelly fired um because it's just the 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 vibes here are so nasty for no reason they chip have, kelly wants to be fired yeah like he doesn't want to be here and he can't help but win nine or ten games listen to the schedule bowling green alabama state south alabama colorado washington those are all wins first five games are all wins Utah, yeah. they're going to lose to Utah. Oregon, they will beat Oregon. This Oregon team That's is That's a toss-up game. This I don't Oregon, know. It's off a bye week for them, too, though, I guess. Yeah, this, this Oregon team has nothing going on. There is nothing there. Stanford, Arizona State, Arizona, USC, Cal. Can you find more than three losses on that schedule? Yeah, I guess you're right. I'm, that's actually pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, and he's still going to get fired. I don't know, like it's not a good sign when your OC takes a demotion to go to a different school. Yeah. Like the, the are the vibes off enough that it can cost them games? Probably not. I mean, that's the thing, right? Is that it, it really didn't last year. They think that they were about as good as they would have, you know, could have, as they could have been. Um, it's just that like, <laughs> there's this very strange, you don't really see this dynamic a ton, but uh, this strange situation where despite the fact that his rebuild, his idea for the program is, I think, working like objectively, <laughs> Chip Kelly has, has gotten UCLA closer to success than the previous, you know, however many regimes did. But UCLA I don't fans... Know, Jim Mora had some top 25 finishes. I, guess, I mean, <laughs> I, I guess. I don't, I don't know that I would consider the Jim Mora tenure a, a huge success, but... Um, you you have this weird thing where like with Mora there was a downturn and people turned on him once there was a downturn once he wasted Josh Rosen with Chip Kelly they're getting better and UCLA fans hate him more <laughs> with each passing year they're getting more and more pissed as he does better because it's like this motherfucker why won't you just leave what is wrong with you why can't you lose and uh, yeah it's gonna be very funny when they they mutually part ways after he goes eleven and one this season. Yeah, Chip Kelly is like a, a a significant other that you don't like because they're too nice to you. Yeah, uh, that's that's there, kind of his. Yeah, thing. Why isn't there any fucking drama here? What's wrong with you? Yeah, that's that's what Chip Kelly has going on. Um, staying in the Pac-12, uh, going to Utah, Cameron Rising. Um, I I don't I don't have any thoughts on Cameron Rising. He is fine. He is. Yep. Yeah. He He's is fine. again just another poor man, Senate Hooker. 
Um, he's a guy aspiring to become head and hooker. We wish him the best of luck doing so. Yeah, he uh, he's going to go to the playoff. <laughs> I, I believe that. I think Utah's going to go to the playoff, but I don't uh, think it's going to be because of him specifically. Uh, they're not going to they're not going to do anything there. But um, they, I mean, Michigan State went to the playoff not that long ago, and they were essentially the exact same team. I think that it's going to be the same thing. It's it's going to be that the rest of the roster is so specifically good at what they do that the quarterback being as competent as he is, is enough that they win every single game they play. We'll, we'll follow along. Um, here's a player that's definitely better than Cade McNamara. We have Peyton Thorne. Um, I don't think there's anything to argue about here, right? Aside from a couple of tough games, you know, he was pretty much rock solid for Michigan State. He had 3,400 yards, 31 touchdowns. He's got to improve back a little bit, cut down some turnovers, but he's a good college quarterback, man. Like I'm, I, I mean, I think I'm worried what he'll look like with Ken Walker gone, but yeah. Uh, you know, he was good last year. I guess. I think that he sort of has the same thing as Tanner Morgan has, where he just he had two really good receivers um, and could throw the ball up in the air and they'd go make plays. I, I don't really believe in, in him as a uh, as a passer. Well, I guess we'll find out. Uh, let's run through really quick through our uh, – I'll just kind of let you take the wheel here on our best G5 quarterbacks we have not talked about yet, yeah. uh, which are quarterbacks number 24 through 31 in some order. Yeah, so we've got here Frank Harris at UTSA, who is a, a very, very good uh, dual-threat quarterback. He's uh, one of the better runners in the country, uh, comfortable doing it. The offense asks him to do it. He will have to star this season with the departure of Sincere McCormick, but he has uh, Zachary Franklin back, one of the best receivers in the country. Very, very good receiver core in general. That offense is going to be extremely strong again. I'm curious to see how they switch into more pass-heavy from being so run-heavy last year. I don't think it's going to be a huge problem for him. Um, he's very good. He is. Uh, he, he's. He's. He's talented. He's not. He doesn't have a huge arm. He's not going to be somebody who is like you know getting day one hype or anything like that. But he wins games. He's a good quarterback. He he took a big step forward last year, and I think he's probably going to sustain it this year. Um, Jaron Hall at BYU is, I think, excellent. I think Jaron Hall is very, very good. He, um, we're, 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 I'm projecting here a little bit because last year he was still sort of learning the offense. They kept it pretty simple for the sake of, of him learning the offense, but near the end of the year, he was fantastic. He was very, very good. Uh, and I think that he's only going to get better this year as they get a little bit more comfortable with him as he returns, as we talked about last week. Um, or whenever that was, just about every single member of his offense. Um, I'm very, very excited to see what BYU does and, and what Jaron Hall does. He is a he's a really good quarterback all around. Um, Seth Hennigan at Memphis, I don't have quite as good a feel for, largely because I don't like the Memphis offense or really much of anything that program is doing right now. But he is... I think a, he is a, he is the default Memphis quarterback. He's the same as the other guys who have who have gone through. I, I think that really to distinguish between the two between the the group there is just about impossible. You know, you, you can think of any of the the Fuente or Norvell quarterbacks at Memphis. He is that exact same guy. It's it's the same quarterback. Um, Chris Reynolds has been at Charlotte forever. This is his fifth year as a starter. Um, he needs to be better in the biggest games that they play. He, he has struggled against the better defenses that they've played, but, um, they really only play three or four really good defenses a year. So the other eight games, he's excellent. He's very, very good in those games. It's just about controlling turnovers a little bit better. He's limited as a passer because of his size, but, um, he is sort of the, I would say poor man's Grayson McCall or, um, you know, somebody like a, uh, 
who was the other G5 quarterback, Jake Hanner, that we talked about, uh, where he mm-hmm. he is he's limited as a passer because of his size, but he can win games. I think that he's going to win more games this season. He has a good command of the offense. Um, Clayton Toon is, I think, one that we're probably going to hear more about as the season goes on because he's going to put up huge numbers. Uh, he was good last year. I think he's going to be really good this year. I like that receiver room a lot. I like that team a lot. I think that Houston's going to be excellent this year. Um, Clayton Toon, I, I really don't... I don't know that there's a huge difference between him and somebody like Tanner Mordecai, either in, in style or in the offense that they're in, but Tanner Mordecai was, you know, in our top 20, uh, and I think that Clayton Toon is about in that region as well. He's he's good. He does about what you would expect him to do. Um, Logan Bonner, I, I'll probably have deeper thoughts on later in the offseason when we do the, uh, the Mountain West preview, because I, I <laughs> certainly am going to be... Uh, filled with opinions about Utah State. I will have plenty of Utah State opinions. Um, but what, from what I have seen so far, he is kind of it's kind of a strange quarterback. It's a strange offense. It um, their their thing is sort of deceptive pace in everything that they do. They they really they it, it's a lot like what Gus Malzahn was doing, not in 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 play calling, but in swapping tempo it at, at, at Auburn in the early 2010s they did a lot of, of varied tempo to kind of like what Wake Forest does to catch defenses off guard to misdirect defenses without actually allocating any players to doing it uh, and Logan Bonner fits that perfectly he is really really good at selling fakes and he <laughs> despite looking like he can't throw the ball even a little bit uh, puts a ton of zip on his passes. He He's not a great deep ball thrower, but um, middle of the field, shorter stuff, whatever it might be, he just launches those things. He really, really has a surprising amount of zip on the ball. Um, he has a good command of that offense. He got more comfortable as the season went on last year. I'm excited to see what he can do this year, uh, hopefully as just the only quarterback who plays. I don't know why Blake Anderson was so insistent, He more so early in the year, but... Uh, at Arkansas State, especially on playing two quarterbacks, uh, Logan Bonner's fine. Just play him. I, I, I get that they that they brought in Levi Williams from uh, is that his name? I don't know. Uh, they brought in the kid from Wyoming. He was, I think, previously he owned the Forty uh, Nine ers Stadium. Yeah, that's that's right. But um, <laughs> they they brought in the kid from Wyoming. Don't play him. Just play him next year. It's fine. Just just wait until Logan Bonner's gone. He is good enough to merit all of the the first team snaps. Uh, Hank Bachmeyer is a guy who you, you really liked, right? When he was coming out of high school. I'm yeah, I still kind of do. Yeah. What, what is your, I, I'm, I'm curious in your, your Bachmeyer thoughts. Yeah. Uh, I, I think Hank's just a guy who kind of, I mean, he's kind of finally done with some injuries, right? He's been injured for God knows how many years in a row. Um, had it limited the past two seasons, his freshman and sophomore year, both cut short by injury, I played all, I played 12 games in uh, 2021. Uh, I think he threw for over 3,000 yards, 20 touchdowns, completed like uh, 62% of his passes. Um, he does a little on the ground, not much. Um, I'd say he's pretty statuesque, <laughs> but uh, I don't know, man. Uh, I think he's just a quarterback who isn't really going to be spectacular, but I think he continues to get a little bit better every year, a little bit more accurate, a little better depth on his ball, a little more efficient, a little you know fewer uh, interceptions per, per uh, passing attempt. Uh, interception keeps getting better. He just kind of keeps getting a little bit better at everything every year. Yeah. Uh, and a guy who's going to be able to play for five years, that's kind of, that's appealing. And I think yeah. there's some long-term upside there. Very curious to see what Boise State looks like this year. I'm, I'm excited to dive into that, that spreadsheet because it's, program's in a weird place right now. I don't know that it's a bad place, but it's in a weird place. 
um last yeah. one last classic one. classic male thing to say i can't wait to dive into that spreadsheet <laughs> i can't wait to dive into that boise state is also a classic male thing to say uh last one here on this list uh ben bryant formerly of eastern michigan now at cincinnati he's good that's about all there is to know about ben bryant he is i think pretty wait, much, <laughs> sorry he... really quick to cut you off i <laughs> i forgot i forgot the story i want to tell you in the podcast yeah uh i learned recently that uh I have a coworker who is a Boise State graduate. Uh, we were paired up. Yeah, I, Patrick, you don't really work in the corporate world, but mm-hmm. uh, there was like a, you know, that coffee and donut thing people do where you're like randomly paired up with a coworker and Slack to have like a 15 minute just friendly meeting with them or whatever. I don't know. It's like a thing for a lot of remote companies. That sounds horrible. Anyway, yeah. Uh, anyway, she said, uh, it just drove me insane because I, I didn't want to obviously <laughs> argue with this woman I've met for the first time who I work with. But she was like, yeah, we had a pretty couple, pretty couple good years there when I was graduating, which was like five years ago. Uh, we were getting pretty good at football. I mean, we had a rough couple of decades before that. So it was pretty cool that we got to really turn the corner in football. Mm-hmm. And I just, <laughs> it took every bone of my body to say, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, but anyway, that was just a quick story. Ryan, quick story Ryan, take us into the next tier here. Uh, yeah, 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 sure. So we've got the, if Kate McNamara were a bit better tier, uh, quarterbacks number 32 through 36. Um, we have Bo Nix from Auburn. Uh, he's more mobile, Kate McNamara, better at everything pretty much. Uh, we have Spencer Sanders, who's both more mobile and better at passing. Uh, we have Aiden O'Connell, who's uh, Kate McNamara with more volume. Uh, we have Casey Thompson, who's Kate McNamara with more dog in him. Uh, he's ready to go bring Nebraska back to prominence. Uh, and we have Jaden Delora, who is like a converted air rate, Kate McNamara. Um, these are the big five, pretty much. Uh, like half these guys transferred this offseason. Uh, Bo Nix is at Oregon now, right? Yeah. Uh, Spencer Sanders is still at Oklahoma State. Aiden O'Connell's at Purdue. Casey Thompson's at Nebraska. Jane Delora is now at Arizona after being at Wazoo. Um, I don't know. Not a ton of thoughts on these guys. I think Bo Nix uh, has been in an awful situation for the last couple of years. Is also not very good, but is interesting enough, and I think uh, still has some juice to him. Uh, Spencer Sanders is an Oklahoma state quarterback, which I just will never trust constitutionally. Yeah. Uh, Aiden O'Connell probably is not actually good, but it was fun to include him. Mm-hmm. Um, Casey Thompson. I think I'm higher on the average bear. I think he's better than Hudson card and should have kept his job over Hudson card, but the Quinn Ewers thing made it impossible for him to stay. Which... Uh, Jane Delora. I don't know. He's skinny as shit, but he's got some upside. Casey Thompson's at Nebraska now, right? That's what I see. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I don't have any thoughts on these guys. I think if you have any thoughts on these guys, you are a, a sick individual. Um, <laughs> yeah. Speaking of things that are not sick or normal, have opinions on, we have the Cade McNamara tier. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly the not the number, but we do have the two players numbered in this category, uh, which uh-huh. Patrick included. I want to start with number 37, uh, the best player in this tier. It's Tanner McKee. Um, uh, Tanner McKee, of course, Stanford's quarterback. Followed by number 38, the Cade, uh, Cade McNamara. It doesn't, Cade it McNamara doesn't get more Cade McNamara than Tanner McKee. We've, we, Tanner McKee. We've <laughs> all been saying it. We're hearing it more and more. It, it That is the – no one is more McNamara than Tanner McKee. He is the most people try. Yeah, they can try. Yeah. There are a lot of imitators out there, but nobody does it better than Tanner McKee. These are like, you were telling me that before the show, these are like literally the same exact quarterback. Yeah, pretty much. They uh, respectively had uh, Tanner McKee complete 65.4% of his passes on 315 attempts. Uh, K McNamara completes 64.2% of his passes on 327 attempts. Uh, McNamara had 2,576 yards. McKee had 2,327. McKee accounted for 19 touchdowns and seven turnovers. 
uh, McNamara accounted for 16 touchdowns and six turnovers. Um, yeah. Same quarterback. Do you remember last year when there was like two weeks where people were, were saying, oh, Tanner McKee's the next great Stanford quarterback. Stanford's got another quarterback. David Shaw's going to bring it back around. And these are like people who get paid to talk about college football, people whose job it is to talk about college yeah. football. Yeah. What the fuck are you people well, talking about? Most of them don't deserve that job. <laughs> what, is going, <laughs> what is going on with these people, man? We got to issue some sort of... <laughs> Some sort of probation or something. If you if you were like, yeah, Tanner McKee's awesome. We got You're not allowed to talk about football for a little while. You got You got to go. I on. do want to say, by the way, I'm glad that everyone else in the sports come around to be the David Shaw hater. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a long term, heavily invested David Shaw hater, it's nice to see. Yeah. Um, I, I have a lot of close friends who can attest to this. I even hated on David Shaw for I think like six years now. Yeah. Uh, I was hating on David Shaw when he was getting top ten seasons. I. I've said he's had bad underlines uh, for a long time, and I'm right. Uh, he's not a good coach. He is uh, super overrated. Yeah, um, that's fair. And yeah. uh, fuck him. Yeah, I guess you were right. I'll, I'll have to. I have to admit it. You were right. I was. I was. I was behind on the anti David Shaw train, but um, yeah, this this program stinks out loud. Um, and uh, what is he now? Uh, he's he's fucking terrible, dude. He's like, uh, what's his record right now? In the last four years, uh, he has gone. Uh, 20 and 23. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I mean, like it's not Stanford is not like a plug and play automatically going to win program, but good God, somebody else, man, get somebody else in there. Just, just to see, right. Just to try something. It seems like there's just not a whole lot of energy there anymore. Um, all right. Next here, the youngish, eh, some of them, uh, G five quarterback who I want to see more of tier. Uh, this is of course, uh, again, once again, I'm, I'm doing this in Ryan's voice. I have seen everything that there is to see of these quarterbacks. I don't need to see more of them, but, uh, somebody like Ryan might need to, um, Daquan Finn at Toledo, Michael Pratt at Tulane, uh, Darren Granger at, uh, Georgia state, Dylan Hopkins at UAB, Daniel Richardson at Central Michigan, and Brett Gabbert at Miami. Uh, this is a fun list. This is a fun group of quarterbacks. I'm, I'm, I'm. Who are you highest on this list? So, probably Darren Granger. I really like Darren Granger. I, I've I've mm. talked before about how high I am on on Georgia State this year, but um, I think that he looked awesome last year. He did a very very good job within an offense that is not super well designed. He is another one of those guys who's asked to do more than he probably should be. I like him as a runner. I like him as a passer. I like him a lot. I also am pretty high on Daquan Finn. I wish that he was anywhere else in the entire country. Yeah, <laughs> but, I like Finn a lot. But I mean, he is he is another baby KJ. Yeah, he is supremely, supremely talented. Very, very good athlete. Um, and uh, looked really good despite the fact that he's playing for Jason Candle. I'm very worried about Tulane. I, I'm, I'm troubled by the, the direction that Tulane seems to be headed in. I, I don't know what Willie Fritz is doing, keeping with the uh, going out and hiring, like passing first offensive coordinators. What are you doing, man? What are you doing? Why are you doing that? You don't need to do that. Go run the option. That was the thing that got you here. Very strange. Troubling times there at Tulane. Um, this re- The rest of this group, I don't have a ton of strong thoughts on. Dylan Hopkins does what he needs to do within the UAB offense. Uh, they have no, I like offense. I yeah, like they, they have no receivers, and they really don't ask the quarterback to throw a whole lot, but he, he does what he needs to do. Um, Brett Gabbert's probably the best quarterback in the MAC as a pure passer. I'm, I don't know who he's going to be throwing to this year because I think all of his receivers are gone, like Jack Sorensen's gone. and um, That team in general has some pretty – serious top end talent to replace. I think they'll be they'll be fine, but Gabbard is pretty much the only 
proven returning factor on that roster. Um, and then Daniel Richardson is a, a perfect fit for the Central Michigan offense. He runs it extremely well. He is um, not the best passer in the world, not the best runner in the world. He's sort of Mac JT Barrett in, in play style, but he gets the job done. He, uh, you know, like Hopkins, does what the offense requires of him. Um, he's he. That's not fair to say Mac JT Barrett. He's not a very good runner, but he uh, he gets the job done. He runs the offense well. I like what he is able to do within that system. I think that he will be certainly a solidly top three or four Mac quarterback this year, but he's he's not quite on the level of, of somebody like Gabbard as a as a passer. I, I think Central Michigan's going to be better than than Miami though. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, our next tier is the oh my god, he's still playing college football tier. Um, we've got a few guys here, Patrick, you want to take us to these guys? You're, you're big fans of all five of these quarterbacks. So I'm gonna let you lead the way. Yeah. I can't get enough of these guys. So, uh, first up we have Gary Bohannon, who I believe is now at USF. If, if memory serves, um, no way to know after he, uh, he lost his, his job at Baylor to the guy who played late in the season, whose name I do not remember. Um, Boy, I, I'll probably I'll figure that out at some point, but I believe he's at USF now, which is troubling. Uh, Max Duggan at TCU, Chase Bryce at Appalachian State, Jarrett Dagey at Western Kentucky, and Sean Clifford at Penn State. Real murderer's row of uh, of guys here. Um, man, <laughs> I, I I don't I don't have a ton of affection for any of these guys. It's, I think I think Bohan. It's funny is, that Sean Clifford, by the way, is coming back to play while he also currently owns an NIL marketing firm to like to recruit to other players. That's awesome. I think Gary Bohannon is the only player in this tier who I I think could really be any good, like actually good at football. Chase Bryce is fine. He he did more than I thought he was going to do at App State last year, but like. Jarrett Diggy, I guess, could benefit from the air raid. Max Duggan sucks. I'm sick of this kid. Get this kid out of my fucking face. I'm tired of him. And Sean Clifford, same exact story. Play fucking Drew Aller. I'm I'm tired of watching this guy play. He stinks. It does not... I don't need to see it anymore. He stinks. Let's move on. Five-year starter. Five-year starter, and he still has not broken Trey Fitzroy's passing record. God. Five-year uh, starter, and he's gotten worse. Funny. How do you get worse in five years? What the fuck are they doing out there? Good oh, God. Franklin disgusting you hired, right. you hired mike yursich to fix your fucking quarterback room not a serious football program come on that is... all right the end the end of our quarterback list patrick uh is our final tier of you have my interest but i'm not expecting too much the mm-hmm. final quarterbacks number 51 seven um reeling them off real quick we got chance nolan oregon state had some decent numbers last year connor baselock indiana transferred from missouri not expecting much, but I actually kind of like Hunter Bates. Like, I think I'm higher than the average bear on him. Mm-hmm. Um, we have uh, Jordan Travis at Florida State, who has Clay's son. not really got any attention, but has stabilized the offense a little bit. Yeah. Uh, he's a good runner. Uh, Jackson, yeah, good runner, good runner. Uh, Jackson darts at Ole Miss now. Um, I think he is in a long line of overrated USC debuts, maybe the most overrated of all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, Keaton Slovis, now at Pitt. Same exact story. Uh, same guy. <laughs> like, same guy. I, of course, did like Keaton Slovis for a while. I have been a defender of his. I'm now out of Keaton Slovis. Uh, just in time for him to probably come back, making my words. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Lane Hatcher now at Texas State. Uh, we have Mikey Keene now at UCF. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the whole tier. That's everybody. Yep. Um, no thoughts any on any of these guys, or do you just want to yeah. read off the guys who didn't make it? No thoughts on any of these fools. I've got uh, all right. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> Let's get back I, I here. Real, uh, we'll real, go back and forth on this list, Patrick. We'll ping pong. Yeah, real uh, quick, the guys I, who didn't make the cup, you're gonna ask us about. I do have something uh, real quick, actually, on Connor Bazelak. Um, okay. Asking a guy from the Eli Drinkwitz offense to play within the Walt Bell offense is uh, torture. That is, you are torturing <laughs> that young man. That sucks so bad. Good God, that, that that kid knows how to play quarterback less than I do. That is awful. That you, you are you are learning how to sell a car from a guy who has never seen a car. That is terrible. Um, <laughs> all right, yeah, let's let's go here on the uh, the guys who didn't make the cut but are still on the podcast. Okay, we have Adrian Martinez, who's now at Kansas State. It's going to be crazy for these fans because they're going to, for the first time ever have a quarterback who doesn't really score that often, but somehow is passable off statistics and never loses a job. Yeah, uh, they've definitely not had this exact same guy for forty years in a row. Nope, it's not. He's not just the same one that they've always had. Uh, Anthony Richardson at Florida, who was so good that they brought in Jack Miller to uh, to compete with him. <laughs> That's a rousing endorsement. People, I saw a list today that had him as like a potential like uh, first round pick. <laughs> That's awesome. Just grasping at straws, looking for anything. <laughs> Uh, speaking of guys who are also just big, by the way, I think what you're saying is kind of cool because it's nice to have a fat quarterback in the mm-hmm. mix, but we already have that. We already have KJ Jefferson. We don't need a yeah. second one. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of other fat quarterback, uh, we have DG Ongalele. He's just big. He's not good. No, not good. Uh, Emory Jones at Arizona State. Um, <laughs> I don't know why he's here. It's impossible to know why he's here. It's it's for either party. What are you doing here? Why why, why Arizona <laughs> State? Why is that your score? It's like, oh, I'm going to turn it around here. Um yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> God, I, I don't fucking know. I don't know what any, I don't know what the point of this is. Why'd you do this? This doesn't make any sense. It's just, here's like, what if Jaden Daniels was more insane? What if he was less convinced of the offense that he was running? That's Emory Jones. It's, it's, yeah, we have, this guy's even more skeptical of his own coaches than the last guy was. I'm going to, I'm going to do the next four here, Patrick, and give you a quick break. Yeah. Uh, we have Gavin Hardison, who is the Rocky Lombardi of Akusa. Uh, we have Grant Wells, not Virginia Tech. He is not passing the Grant Wells do not throw double-digit picks challenge. No. Uh, we have Jaden Daniels, who's a Benjamin Button-ass quarterback, now transferred to LSU. Mm. We have Phil Dracovic of Boston College, who is the white Jaden Daniels. Damn. Um, <laughs> I do kind of like the white Jaden Daniels today. Um, let's talk a bit about Texas really quick. Now, you're a big Texas fan. You've been clamoring to hear more about their NIL situation. Yeah. Um, tell me a bit about your thoughts on Texas. Uh, you have listed here as not uh, included within the tiers that include, uh, let's see here, Connor Bazelak, Cade McNamara, uh, Chance Nolan, Jordan, Travis Jackson, Dart. You have listed here Quinn Ewers and Hudson Card. Um, I don't know what you're talking about here, man. <laughs> Quinn Ewers is like the 20th best quarterback in college football right now. Quinn Ewers has never thrown a pass in college football. I don't care. <laughs> I've seen these other guys throw passes. I've seen what makes them cheer. I don't want this. I this don't is... I don't like I don't know. I'm uh I'm starting I was really mad at Ryan Day when he blew the Quinn Ewers thing at first. Mm-hmm. I am now and starting now, to think Quinn you... Ewers might actually be such an asshole as we've heard. And now you've uh, you've coped your way into believing that it was actually fine. <laughs> <laughs> you might say that. I don't know, like he is not resoundingly like Hudson Card is not good, and Dude. he is like not beating him very convincingly at practice. What I've heard, Ryan so, Day. Ryan Day didn't name Justin Fields the starter until a week before the 2019 season. Oh, that's a different thing. That's no, different it's not. Thing. They all do this. This is what every quarterback guru coach does. They it's, all but, pretend. But no one. Hold on, but no one around the Ohio State program actually thought anyone besides 
Justin Fields to be the starter. I don't think there seems to be does. actual people who have access who believe that Hudson Carr has a real chance to keep the job. I mean, there are a lot of dumb people who cover Texas football. That's true. Uh, no comeback. Uh, okay, we have uh, Rocky there were, Lombardi. There were people last is... year who thought that Jack Miller was going to be the starting quarterback at Ohio State. This is not. We, we don't need to. We don't need to pretend here. Who that, said that, that? Who ever said that? There were plenty. I would. I think every person who has ever worked for twenty four seven sports said that. That is their. Come that on. is the company line. Who's the whitest quarterback here? Um, <laughs> but I. I just. He. I mean. He's very obviously good. I think that we are. I think we're coping a little bit too hard with Quinn Ewers. He is obviously a very good quarterback. I'll believe it when I see it. Okay. Uh, let's hear a bit about Rocky Lombardi. I have him as the Stetson Bennett at the G five, except Stetson Bennett actually developed at a certain point in time. Rocky, the, uh, um, Rocky Lombardi just won the MAC. I don't. I don't know what we're talking about here. That looks like Stetson Bennett just won the national that, championship. That looks like getting better to me. I I think that to go from what he did at Michigan State to winning the MAC, he got better. I think that he is he is the G five equivalent of Stetson Bennett insofar as he also got better and won something. Mm, okay, give me your final two here. Tanner Morgan and Michael Penix of uh, Minnesota and Washington. I do not agree with the inclusion of Michael Penix here. I think he's probably a little bit better than this and that he was pretty severely. You included him. I wanted him on the list at all. He wasn't on the list at all before. <laughs> we he doesn't the... deserve it, dude. He's you not had, that good. You had Dylan Morris listed. <laughs> Dylan Morris is better than Michael Penix. <laughs> I think Michael Penix was pretty severely hampered by being on Indiana last season. I think he will benefit greatly from not being on Indiana anymore. That is my that is my formal prediction on Michael Penix. Tanner Morgan will not be saved from the uh, the, the 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 forthcoming um, doomsday scenario. He will not be raptured. He will not be going to heaven. He will be seeing the gates of hell soon. Uh, I have no interest in Tanner Morgan. Get him out of my face. Well, nothing to be said more there. Uh, go Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to do the outro to the show still because I, I probably should do that. Um, you can find the show on Twitter at Field Flipping. I'm on Twitter at Patrick underscore Mayhorn. Ryan is on Twitter at B1G underscore Ryan. Um, you can leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It's the only kind of review you can actually leave. It's interesting. They they I don't know how they did this, but they blocked the other four stars. You have to do a, a five-star. Um, yeah. But it's, I mean, you know, it, it, it is what it is. Even if you don't like the show, you, you still have to leave a five-star review. Legally, you are required. Um, if you Also, also listen, really quick, really yeah. quick here. Patrick is serious danger. Uh-huh. Patrick is not in Logan, Utah by his choice. Mm-hmm. He has been kidnapped <laughs> by the Mormon security force. Yeah. And if you do not leave a five-star review right now, when you right hear now. this, yeah. a certain prominent Mormon sports writer has threatened serious action against Patrick Slater. He's <laughs> <laughs> our friend, and he's laughing at this too. Uh-huh. But this is not a joke. Yeah. Even though he's laughing, mm-hmm. he's just that kind of guy. I've got a gun to my, my back. I have to laugh. He's doing the Joker laugh right now. Yeah. You have to leave, leave a five-star five, review. You have to leave a five-star review. You have to uh, uh, retweet if you want Congress to to take into account my my situation. You you have to. Uh, <laughs> that's how we should start tweeting from the show account. We should start tweeting like those guys. Like the uh, there's like twenty different late night television politics guys who just tweet like that, right? <laughs> like retweet if you want Congress to see this. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? What are you? 
What are you talking about? What a weird thing to say. That's how we're going to start. That's how we're going to start tweeting. We should rebrand as like uh, Democracy Now for a day or something like that and just do like uh, college football now or whatever and like do like direct action. Yeah, Yeah, retweet if you want Ryan Day to be ashamed. (laughs) (laughs) We should actually do this. It seems fun. Oh, man. Yeah, that's a great bit. Yeah, yeah. Like and share if you disagree with Steve Sarkeesian. <laughs> Going nuts. Um, but yeah, anyway, like and share. Wow, Bill Crystal. Bill Crystal has agreed to finally fully fund USC football. Retweet if you're glad to have moderates in college. Yeah, re- retweet if you support Bill Crystal and his efforts to fund USC football. Yeah, that's uh, we're going to start doing that. But anyway, retweet, like, and share if you disagree with uh, Steve Sarkeesian or Ryan Day. Or really, you can put any coach in here that you think is a... Uh, a Mickey Mouse play caller. Just, just plug the name right in there. And if you think that they are that, you should retweet the uh, the post that has this uh, this uh, podcast in it. You should also earnestly share it with your friends if you have uh, friends who are diseased uh, like you are and, and enjoy this. And, and, sort hey, of thing. and hey, guess what? Too, it doesn't have to be some loser college football fan friend, mm-hmm. right? If you have some little freak friend who just loves the NFL draft, they'll yeah. eat this shit up. If you are maybe you've started seeing a new woman recently and you want to stop talking to her, this is a great re- show to recommend. You know, you 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 need an easy escape route. You need to you 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 want to you want to let her down easy, but you you know you don't want to just be so direct about it. You say, hey, check out this college football podcast that I really like. I think you'd enjoy it and. That'll do the work for you. You don't have to even. It's it's very easy to do that. You can do that with, you know, person you've just started seeing. You can do that with your wife <laughs> of fifteen years. Just send her this podcast and send us the screenshot of how she reacts to it. And do it as a, do it as an anniversary gift. Yeah, uh, and then also send Ryan uh, her number afterward because I think he might <laughs> like to have it. No comment. <laughs> uh, but but unironically, uh, I was at dinner last night, my first night in New York, mm-hmm. uh, with some friends, and, and I met my uh, my my good buddy's uh, girlfriend for the first time, uh, and <laughs> my friends were talking about my podcast and some other stuff we got, were working on, uh, and she was like, "Oh, that's so cool! What's your podcast about?" And uh, they explained it, and I was just watching like the slow realization on her face that she was going to have to find a nice way to not listen to this podcast. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) And I just let her off the hook pretty easy. Yeah. so, but we have decided that my new dating strategy while in New York, just to maximize the time here and the population, mm-hmm. is I'm going to go trigger on a hinge date every night and uh, just, of course, sleep with a woman because I'm a, you know, I'm that kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, unprotected. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and uh, but mostly, no, no, that's not important though. That's not important. Uh, the game plan is to do this because. Uh, I want to download our podcast on all of their phones. Yeah, that's uh, the only that's the only reason you're doing it. People don't realize and this. I'm taking I'm taking person to person outreach into my own hands. Yeah, people don't realize this, but Ryan is completely asexual, and and <laughs> that he is doing this at all is honestly a testament to his dedication to the podcast. Um, and it worked really well during the 2020 primary as well. It got your guy in, and so we're we're very we're all very happy for you on that front. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> all right, we should we should get the podcast up. Yeah. yeah, on that note, uh, I hope you enjoyed our college football podcast that's about college football uh we will see you guys next week